0: What is going on everybody? Welcome to the Nightmares Podcast. I am of course Mark. This is to my right. Zach, <laughs> Brandon, David. <laughs> the, I'm glad everybody knows who everybody is. Um, uh, we'll get to our uh, awesome guest to my left in just a hot second or you guys right. I don't know, directionally challenged. Um, uh, public school, dude. What are you going to do? And he's uh, blonde. The, uh, the, um, uh, at least they have the hair, but we'll get to that in a second. The uh, oh, um, uh, But um, we do want to let you know about a few awesome things we have going on. Um, uh, these gentlemen just had a, a fantastic interview uh, with... Daniel Frankenstein, director of the movie Fauna. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And then also the other uh, big piece of news... Uh, episode three of Living Nightmares. It should be up. Um, uh, please check it out. We will put a link in the description below. Uh, we're all very, very excited. We're very, very proud of the cast and the crew. Did an amazing job. Um, uh, we couldn't be prouder. I think it's 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 definitely one of the best episodes thus this far that we've done. Um, and then we'll continue making them. Um, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a continuous adventure. So, without further ado, uh, Brandon is the master of Ceremonies of Introductions, so I'll let him uh, let him, uh, rock it and roll with it.
1: Alright, so today we are with a monster maker extraordinaire. We saw him at the Dark History Horror Convention, I believe. Yep. Um, we've been to so many conventions, they've almost kind of <laughs> bled, together. bled together. Yeah. Um together. But yes, we met him at Dark History, and we were just struck by the work that he had on display there. Um so yeah we're gonna talk about some of his work, uh some of his makeup work, special effects work, and even some other stuff he does. Um so yes, yeah, so without any further ado, of Preston Perspectives, welcome Dennis
2: Preston. Oh thanks. Dennis,
1: thank you, thank you for I was gonna say thank you for being here, but we're at your workshop today. So yes, thank you yes. for having us. Yeah, no,
2: appreciate you uh driving all this way to I, come abso- out here. Absolutely. And
0: actually, you know what? Thank you very much for being the very first guest. Of the Nightmares podcast, where well, we did it not in our studio, we, we came to you, so this is actually a momentous occasion, sir. You are the first. Oh, do I get a pin? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, it's in the mail. We'll um, right. uh, the... <laughs> give you a coupon. Yeah. <laughs> a, a coupon? A coupon. Um, I don't know what that coupon would be for, but uh, we'll figure it out.
1: It's... Good for one free hug from either Mark or David, his choice.
0: <laughs> um, definitely one David. Um, a lot more, you know. The uh, He's uh, fat. Y- yes. Uh, <laughs> Damn. Hey. hey. Little, uh,
3: why I'm would really you there, say right
0: that? Um, uh, so. So hey. So thank you again, very very much for inviting us into your uh, lovely studio. You got a lot of cool shit, and uh, just in when arms are reached oh, yeah. right now. Um. Uh, and obviously we'll get more detail about this. But one of our favorite segments when we interview people is, um, is you know, what started you, you know, what inspired you, what still continues to inspire you, um, how did this crazy adventure start for you, you know, when you were, you know, a kid or a teenager, what movies, films, video games, anything around you or just people in your life, what inspired you to, to, to dive right in head first, because obviously this is an incredible amount of passion, yeah. so <laughs> you have to have it in order to get it done, so... How did this all kick off for you, man?
2: Yeah, this definitely isn't you know a career that uh, one goes into for money to start out with. Uh, it's you know if you if you're doing to doing it to you know have a job, it, don't don't do it. It's just not a. Uh, it's it's tedious. It's very time consuming. But to me, uh, it's it's very rewarding. Like for instance, with with Damon here, it took ten hours in the New Orleans hotel room just to lay down the hair. Oh. So, as tedious, as annoying, as sticky as it was, the overall, the, 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 the result is, you know, reward enough for me to be like, I, I enjoy this. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, when, when I was, uh, as far as special effects goes, monster making, things like that goes, I started that in college uh, only because the Academy of Art, where I, go, I went, uh... Anthony Kozar was an alumni there and he had flyers on, there's a bulletin board full of, you know, opportunities for the students, you know, business cards, yada, yada. And his was one, his FX classes were one of them. And at the time, right out of high school, you know, I really enjoyed, you know, horror films, things like that. It wasn't really something I was getting into. I was going um, straight into an illustration major, which I did proceed to achieve. I, I have a BFA in illustration. Uh, but with illustration, it's such a broad, you know, uh, you know, job description that you can really do anything with it. So it's not like I had to drop out of the academy and go into an FX school. I mean, most of the stuff I learned for it was being on set and just learning from a lot of mistakes, which we can get into later. But, um, so I took some of his classes and, uh... I, I really got into it, and I just told myself, "It's like it, you know, this the, the amount of freedom when you're creating something like a monster or anything like that. There's no rule. I mean, there's rules, but there's no real rules to where it's it has to meet somebody's expectations of is like, oh, this is what a, a zombie looks like, or this is what a, a an alien with a fish face looks like. I mean, there's there's no rules. There's a, a creative freedom that comes with being. A, a special effects makeup artist or a character designer or anything like that that just really I, I really enjoy. Nice. So that's that's the short version. Uh
0: that was the short <laughs> version. Okay. The um so when you before college and everything else, were you a big fan of, of
2: these type of movies I and mean, I would I would assume so. i you know, I'm just curious to ask. Well, I mean in uh I've always been interested in art. Kindergarten I even got an artist of the month reward, which is I mean, let's be honest, you know, in in kindergarten, that's... <laughs> but, I mean, it's something that I stuck with, you know, throughout the years. And it really... You know, it's just... I just enjoy it so much. But um, I never really watched monster movies or anything like that as a kid. It was more so... I, I, I was one of those kids where I couldn't watch PG-13 movies until I was 13. Ah. Uh, you know, and it was... One of those things where I could, um, one of the local video shops here, it's not here anymore, unfortunately, but there is a, when new people would arrive, when I was turning into those years, you know, 15, 16 or whatever, uh, you know, obviously the person who owned it knew me, I couldn't get radio art films, but when there was a new person there, I could slip away with getting into the radar art <laughs> uh, films. Nice, nice. I, I got in trouble for that later, but, um, uh, so I, I, I watched things like that because when I was younger... You know, I always saw it's like, oh, horror movies are stupid, this and that. Yeah, I know, blasphemy. But um, I it, it, they really do have a charm. So it, it wasn't really until college that I really got into, you know, nice, nice this this thing. So it's a little bit different than most most kids that have been watching, you know, monster movies since they were ten. Yeah, that, no, that man. wasn't me. Uh, I didn't get started. <laughs> you know, I've. I was a passive uh, horror fan, you know,
0: for many, many years until I met Zach. We happened. The uh, yeah. until they happened. Um, <laughs> uh, the uh, I mean, it, it was very, very passive for me. I enjoyed them, but you know, I certainly wasn't a fan, um, uh, you know, until you know about four years ago when I met all these crazy people.
2: Um, almost <laughs> within a twenty-four to forty-eight hour period. All three of them, which is interesting all by itself. They just sat you down in a chair and just is like, oh, we got ten films. Sit here and watch. Oh, you know. no, no, yeah. <laughs> we, did, we did the whole clock Clockwork
0: Orange thing. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and... <laughs> Tape ah, the uh uh, best. the, uh, oh, God. The, uh,
1: yeah, it's that whole. <laughs> his family gave us Tim to deprogram him from the cult he was currently
0: in, but then they found out that we were actually in the worst cult. <laughs> uh, no, but better one. Um, so that's 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 cool. The the question I have for you two is, you know, when did you? It, was it in college you figured out, like, hey, maybe this could actually be a career? Or was there a movie you saw and you're like, I, I could do
2: that? That's, it was more know. so me taking the classes um, that Anthony Kozar or the workshops Anthony Kozar was uh, uh, teaching. Yes. And, you know, after that, it was like, you know, I really, I realized I really do enjoy this. And it's like, well, with me being ADD and everything, I'm not that bad. But, you know, doing a certain thing all the time, nine to five, you know, all day long doesn't appeal to me so me being an illustration major and then it's like oh i can add special effects to this oh i like costume making too i can do this and that and you know so it kind of just branched off from there from me taking anthony Kozar's classes in westmont is really what sparked this whole madness (laughs) there's a lot of (laughs) madness
0: to go around in this place yeah
2: yeah so you know seven eight years later almost eight years later this is this is where where i am <laughs> nice
0: nice you guys have any have any uh what was your it?
1: first um friend of special effects makeup or your first monster like what was your first i guess well the first design
2: the first film i ever really worked on was during college you know after i started taking anthony and Kozar's classes and uh I feel like I'm plugging him in way too much here. <laughs> <laughs> He's only appreciated, though. But um, I started doing, uh, becoming the head of effects for this uh, film called The Last Daughter, and it's never been completed, but the effects were terrible, but I, that the, a lot of the mistakes that I learned were from that film. Um, I still have some of the really crappy latex prosthetics hanging up in my room. Uh, I have, you know the skull which is uh, somewhere in here she's hanging out somewhere I don't remember where she is but uh, Shelly I think her name was Uh, I still have that and I gave her a new paint job and everything Um, first of all when applying prosthetic don't use tissue paper to make the seams Uh, that is just creates a terrible texture and it looks like garbage and don't use latex everything because that just is hell on the skin Mm. uh, for small things like that but when you have you know every human being has body hair unless they shave it like a serial killer but um (laughs) you know I (laughs) taking it off is not the most comfortable and it wasn't until way later uh, when I took another course from Anthony Kozar, I took one, his first uh, special effects makeup class where we, we learned how to sculpt an actual prosthetic, we learned how to run foam latex, we learned how to properly seam and apply it and everything like that. Uh, it wasn't until then where it's like, man, I shouldn't have, shouldn't have done it that way. <laughs> but um, but Yeah. That, that would be the first thing. A lot of them were a lot of dead bodies. So I guess to answer the question of my first design, it wasn't more so a character. It was more so just dead body makeup. So I did research. I have so many disturbing pictures on the flash drive for, uh, you know, for death, for, you know, the different colors, putrefaction, you know, all this different kind of information. How long it takes for a bruise to go from from red to purple to green. I mean, there's... I have, you know, probably a gigabyte worth of <laughs> <laughs> worth of a lot of questions. Because, yes, yeah, yes. If anybody finds it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I have a business card now, so I can just be like, hey, what's this on your computer?" It's like, it's my job. <laughs> <laughs> it's my job to know. Yeah. The uh, I still have yet to be pulled over with a bunch of dead bodies in the <laughs> car. I have heard oh, oh. stories where FX artists have been pulled over with dead bodies in the car. Um, uh, yeah. Oh man,
4: yeah, that must be a very fun time. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, I got pulled over with uh, with a bunch of prop
0: guns in the in the back of my uh, my car one time. That's why you keep the oh. orange chips on all yeah all yeah, times. how that go? Oh um, uh, my! It, <laughs> it went it went about as well as you thought it would. The oh um, uh, my. It went well. The uh, I, I'm, well, I'm here. Yeah. Um, Was this in Chicago or in the, in no, the suburbs? No, this, this is in the uh, the suburbs in the middle of the country. I get pulled over um, when they're when it's going from like 35 to 50, leaving mm-hmm. one of the small towns, and the cop pulls me over, and he comes up to the side, and he's he, his hands on his holster. I'm not even paying attention. I completely forgot about that. We were doing like test shots, um, uh, and we're testing out blank firing guns in the middle of the country. And the, um, he, uh, he asked me very calmly with his hand on his holster. He's like, why is there an AR-15 in your backseat? And I was like, well, I could tell you, but you probably wouldn't believe me. And he's like, try me. And I, and I was like, I was like, listen, we're, you know, I, we're college students. We're making films, you know, here's what's going on. And, and I'm like, I'm like, listen, can I get out of the car? And I said, I'll tell you what, I'll open the door and you can lift and go in and, and lift it, and he could tell by the weight it was it's a fucking pellet gun. And then he, and it was freezing outside. And he handed me a, a a blade, and he says, "All right, you're gonna have to remove all the tape from from those uh, from those." And I was like, "All right, fine." So I, I was removing the tape. By that time, there were already like five cops that had that come <laughs> oh, by yeah. and they're just fucking like chilling and you know the hilarious part is like th- th- one cop would not stop busting my chops about my father's fucking license almost being expired wasn't even expired it was almost expired he's like hey make sure you tell your dad that uh, we should my dad and i have the same name She's like, make sure you tell your dad that uh, that his license comes. Like, yeah, he's not here. The um, and then also the other cops are fucking bullshitting with each other. Like, like, yeah, I was uh, I was on the Groundhog's Day set back in the day. It's pretty cool, you know. And then, then they just start talking back and forth. And they're while they're watching me take the tape off of this uh, off of this gun, and then I pop open my trunk and I toss the, the gun in real quick and I, and I close it. And I was like, can I go? And he's like, there's more in there, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, yeah, there is. <laughs> so I opened the trunk. There's like five or six different ones, including the the blank firing one, which it, it was in a box in the way back. And <laughs> they didn't see it, thank God. Um, because I don't even know if I'm... I bought that at a costume, a costume store, so I'm assuming I'm allowed to have that, but...
2: It's one of those gray areas depends on the state I think.
0: correct. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean I bought it in this that that same state mm-hmm. I didn't buy it online. I bought it in a, a brick and mortar and so in you know single digit temperature the, these five cops, Made me fucking take off black tape in the middle, of, in the middle of winter, while they laughed and bullshitted about about whatever movie they were in or whatever extra spot they have. Like, yeah, it's pretty cool, you know. Like, they're asking me questions about like, wait, what do you think about this movie, or you know, how does that work? Or hey, if you need a cop, everybody always wants to be involved. Like, like I'm in college, guys. I have I have a five dollar budget. I'm putting fucking electrical tape on a goddamn pellet gun, and you're talking to me about being on Groundhog's Day. The, the,
5: uh, that could have been worse like, oh way worse the uh So uh, well, well well don't ask questions
0: the uh Well, don't, don't tell the um uh well and the uh well i mean he's the one with the would with their bodies in the back uh, so the uh why is this one labeled hooker um uh, I had to keep them organized <laughs> what are you gonna do the uh hooker prostitute, drug dealer any of the night letting you in the night and everything else. <laughs> I said, joking. Mother, what? father. Or nothing. Yeah. Oh shit. Da- daughter, granddaughter. Oh my God! There's a lot of boxes in here. <laughs> Why is this one labeled mother slash sister? Yeah. Um, I didn't have enough boxes. Um, <laughs> the uh, God, I can't imagine what your basement looks like.
2: <laughs> I could show you. <laughs>
0: I um uh, I I'm, I'm picturing the <laughs> do you scene... you want to
4: come over? No, I'm
0: picturing the scene in, at the end of fucking Zodiac. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> no, sir, I wrote those movie signs.
2: <laughs> it's like, no, I got enough body parts for um for the year. You know, you're safe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Whenever I'm doing life casting, I always make those stupid jokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the,
0: oh, the I love it when people have sense of humor about what they do.
5: Speaking of like body parts, what was your what was your reaction to like them asking you to sculpt alien penises? Well, no, that was
2: my own choice. That was your <laughs> choice. That was you? I mean, how did that conversation go? I mean, the the only one where I actually had to make you know a penis. I mean, it was part my choice too. It was for a film that also wasn't, unfortunately, wasn't able to be finished. Called "The Most," I mean, down in Alabama, and the the character's name was Mr. Balls. Not my choice. <laughs> But he had a you know giant penis, so it's like, well, it's gonna be a giant penis. I designed the poster too, and I got to redesign the 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 character design of the because the original design unfortunately was a, a mess, uh, let's say. But um, here I can even grab the the original first visual, the, oh.
0: the the monster penis, one of them, one of them. <laughs> Holy Jesus! And there's
1: a rubber tube going into it too.
0: Wow. I feel so inadequate.
2: <laughs> God. Damn. So this is before I started using, you know, a lot of foam latex too. But uh, this was supposed to tor- tear through some girl's torso and. Uh, oh, that was gonna. Uh, t- <laughs> yeah, it was going to tear through a girl's torso and start, you know, wiggling around here. Spin <laughs> me, ride round, baby, ride round. And I don't remember which cable is the right one that. Pulls the uh, right way here, but uh, that's not that one. Well, it was that one after all. Oh. <laughs> the uh, well. you can do some interesting
0: things with Morse code. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so that 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 was one of not my own decision, but I was like, sure cool, it's not every day I get to say, yeah, I make monster penises for a living. <laughs> they went the way. <laughs> there you go. You
5: I'm sure you You guys want to lose another
0: bet there? Yeah, oh, there. yeah good one. David. No, I'm good.
4: Uh, you know what, we're going to save this one for Marcus. The,
0: uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, Wes. Wes. I'm, good. <laughs> I'm sorry, anytime anytime, anything resembling a penis is around a bunch of dudes, you instantly become twelve, like 12-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's, it's, I mean... <laughs>
2: I've, as an art student, you know, body parts are body parts. I mean, my, uh, one of our professors, when he does an uh, uh, introduction to parents who are coming into the academy, uh, his name is Mr. Thomas, uh, he's a fantastic, fantastic man. Uh, and he, when he tells the parents, is like, yes, your students will be drawing naked people. Now, don't worry, they'll get tired of it, because if you ever, ever tried to draw an elbow... It's really hard, and that's the way he will tell the class. You know, it's like it's really hard. I mean, there's angles in this, and he'll he'll do little hands gestures. And it's like, you'll you'll get sick of it. So it's like, I mean, if you think of uh, boobs, vaginas, labia, I mean, it's it's just a body part. I always make all my my uh, guy friends feel uncomfortable because they're you know, they're joking around like little boys, and I'm just, like, you know, talking about these body parts like I'm a professor or something. And he's like, man, you you make us feel so childish. Like, well, I'm sorry. It's just the way I think. I mean, I well, do yeah. as, as Zach puts it in, in David's yeah. face. <laughs> we're, still, we're
0: immature here. So. I'm, I'm so sorry. You have to be the mature one in the voice of reason in the situation <laughs> yes. while we play fucking lightsabers with the monster we're, dicks. We're the mature <laughs> half over here, the immature half. <laughs> <is. Damn. laughs> while we're on
2: the, the matter of penises. <laughs> another We've mistake, another <laughs> mistake We've that I learned uh, for my very first film that never got done due to unfortunate circumstances, but um, uh, the, the penis gets cut off of one of the uh, one of the husband and the wife is the one doing it. So it's like, well, I actually wanted to show that. And me being just starting out in practical effects, you know, it's like, okay, let's, let's do this. So when I'm life casting him, we life casted his penis. I mean, because I wasn't, you know, <laughs> dildos aren't a realistic size. Uh... <laughs> so when we're life casting him, he, he's not shaving or anything. Now, the problem with silicone, or at no. least with body double silk, um, body double, there's two different kinds. There's body double and then body double silk. I use, nowadays, I use body double silk because there's a mold release mixed into the silicone, mm-hmm. which makes sure the silicone doesn't mechanically lock onto your hair. Okay. So, my buddy Lloyd, uh, you know, as we life-casted them, when it came time to take it off, we ran into a problem. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, boy. And this oh. is my very first life-casting experience, too. I've never life-casted a face or anything like that. So it was like, nope, straight onto a penis. <laughs>
4: we're going balls deep in this <laughs> yeah, one. Do, do no. this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, we were life-casting them in my friend's living room. No, in her bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's oh fucking god. neighbors it's walking
0: really their dogs,
3: man.
2: <laughs> so he's
3: just Hey, laid- Mr. Johnson.
0: <laughs> no pun intended there.
3: <laughs> he's laying on the floor. I did not.
0: I didn't mean to
2: do that. Okay. Mark you going to time out. <laughs> oh my god. So uh, you know, my my friend Sarah at uh, you know, went to go get, you know, the safety scissors because we had to Trim around the mold oh, to get him. Oh, <laughs> that oh, boy. sucks! There. So that that's a lesson to learn: just, if you're using body double and not the body double silk, use Vaseline or something. <laughs> In the
5: Vaseline.
2: Because you, <laughs> <'cause laughs> you learn real quick.
0: That's a that's a that's a free uh, uh, Brazilian wax right there. <laughs>
1: The pain. Yeah, yeah,
0: you'll yeah, so... hear a man scream in a way that you've never heard them scream <laughs> before. The, uh, the, uh, the folks, uh, folks, when you think about horror movies, the, there's there's far worse horrors that are going oh, on in the man. making of yeah. horror movies than there are in actual horror movies.
4: Sometimes <laughs> I mean, yes, sometimes no. You never know.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's the, the stories you get from behind the scenes from other oh. artists. I mean at horror conventions, you talk to some of them. I mean. It's it's just it's a riot. That's a real riot. Funny enough, that's actually
0: one of our, our favorite segments, and we'll we'll bring it up a couple more times. Of, you know, as you bring <laughs> up movies or different things, we'll uh, we'll talk about funny stories uh, and everything else. So the um uh, so you know we got a few things in the background, like this one in particular. Um, uh, I wanted to ask, um, uh, give us a, a background um, on some of these. Um, uh, you know, some stories. You know, what made you think of this idea? Um, you know how the whole thing uh, gets started. I heard about a, a yeah. little bit of the New Year, uh, <laughs> New Orleans thing, but
2: yeah. uh, uh, so uh, Damon here was a. Uh, first off, my 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 favorite uh, monster of all time, anywhere is, is a werewolf. I, I just think they're you know the lore behind it, everything is just it's just the coolest. Uh, and I I never done one before, and that's only because I want it to be hairy as this and. Mm. You know, as I know most makeup artists and FX artists know, dealing with hair is the most annoying thing ever, whether you're hair punching or you're laying it down. Like, this is latex, so, you know, obviously we're gluing it down. So it's 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 very tedious. As I said, it took 10 hours to lay all this down, 10 hours straight. <laughs> and it it's, it's very tedious. So I finally had the... Uh, confidence to do one because i knew i knew how to sculpt one i knew how to do it right away but i was like i'm gonna wait till i actually have to do hair for something before i go and do it on my own accord because it's like i'm not gonna regret doing this as soon as i do <laughs> but um so when i sculpted him and everything it was more so for a show in new orleans because every time i do a new show i like to have something new at the table okay. so it's not just the same thing over and over again Uh, and sometimes it's unfortunately where it's only just one new thing only because I'm so busy with everything else but that was the purpose of Damon here most of the things I do like and then Donna in the corner there um, I've been doing a show called Mask Fest down in Indianapolis uh, for several years now Uh, this year I believe was my 6th or 7th year so I'm considered a veteran along with some of the others they've been doing it for 11 years now and uh, Donna there I made with a friend of mine. She was a coll- she was a collaboration. And when you go to Mask Fest, you imagine this studio in a six by six space, except times a hundred. Mm-hmm. Because you know, there's just rows and rows, just like an average convention, except like this. You know, just hundreds of amazing artists and sculptors, just you know, showing off what they got. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, you know, who have names for themselves like Jordu shell or Casey love you know they can you know their 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 pieces aren't cheap you know it's not like you're spending two hundred dollars you're spending like eight fifteen hundred dollars on something this size uh, so of course they have the name behind it to where they can charge that price but it's also because of their skill level and with Donna there I wanted to show that I could make something that size. I wanted to show that you know I don't just do small mass I don't just do you know little trinkets or anything I wanted to show that I can actually create a piece yeah, that's three-dimensional, that is life-size, that is, you know, gives a presence. So along came Donna, and I wanted it to be a collaboration as well, because I love working with friends, I love working with other artists, because yeah. that's the best way to create, is, you know, bouncing ideas off each other. Really. yeah. Um, and it's a good way of troubleshooting, too, because, you know, if you're by yourself in a studio for eight hours, you know, you're sculpting something, like Monster Penises, it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna give like, this a nice head, and it's like, you come back, and it's like, that's what friends are for friends are supposed to be like hey you should uh, a little smaller Uh, (laughs) so a lot of the pieces I do um, I I aim for that because that's the only place I really get to show them off unless it's for a film specifically Um, so with Damon here when Damon came along this was also a challenge to myself as was Donna Donna was more so size and mold making because I never made a mold that large before so that was a fiberglass mold because if you do that out of stone, you know, you're going to be giving yourself back problems. <laughs> uh, and then with Damon here, it was laying down hair and making a convincing, hairy creature. So anytime I do something, it's it's to complete a challenge for myself. Uh, I have a new piece that I'm working on here. Uh, I don't have a name yet for anything, it hasn't really even taken any form, but uh, I've never done anything that was more so relatable to a a human or someone that looked like a human. I okay. mean obviously. I mean this looks like a wolf. Donna looks
3: disturbing. Humanoid. Uh, <laughs> <Sure>. humanoid.
2: <laughs> she has facial features. It looks like it's a person who has severe deformities. But I've never done a likeness. So my friend Sam I that I did a life cast of for so I because I use her a lot as a model for applying prosthetics to, hmm. so I needed her life cast to do that. Uh, and it was just lying around and I was going to start a new sculpture and I was like, well, I've never done anything. A lot of, I I try to create a female character, but a lot, a lot of them, people still come up and even with Donna there, some people think she's a man and then they see the breast and they're like, oh wait, never mind, And then there's, oh, is she pregnant? (laughs) So, but you know, their first look, you know, a lot of my pieces, you know, they see male things. And, uh, I mean, it's real easy to create a male monster i mean you know man you know ugly you know strong features everything like that okay. but with my female characters i wanted to challenge myself with that so this next piece here is going to have a huge dome but i've been using my friend sam's life cast and i'm i'm taking the time to sculpt it precisely her face is hanging up right over there uh and you know so like i said every time i i, I try to create a challenge for myself
3: very cool yeah.
1: yes. Um, so when we met you at Dark History, you were talking about how you were currently working on a film called Later, which Mm -hmm. is a post-apocalyptic story. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you talk about your involvement
3: and
2: the kind of work you've done with that? Uh, Not today. Not Not today?
3: (laughs) No, I I (laughs) can't. We'll talk about monster penises, but I fucking
2: draw a line at current projects there. (laughs) (laughs) No, most definitely. Um, as you said, Later is a post-apocalyptic thriller, um... It originally started out as a short film that me and my friends uh, filmed, you know, within a six-hour period. Because I also do a lot of um, martial arts stuff with my friends, a lot of stunt choreography, a lot of fight scenes, and we wanted. Uh, when I was commuting back and forth from college, you know, I'd take the metro every day from here. I'd drive over there, and literally, as soon as I stepped off the train, the building that contained my school was right there. At, you know at the station well not at the station but after I got off the station so it was literally just in and out and during that time if I didn't have a project due and I wasn't painting on the train uh, I would you know write you know little short scripts and everything like that if I had a, an idea before I forgot I'd write it down and later became one of those ideas and uh, we showed it at a one film festival just because this was a year after we made it but um We showed it at a film festival, you know, we uh, really liked it, and we were like, oh, well, maybe there's more to the story. So we started to work on a second story, and I was going to make it like a little trilogy uh, called Later, Later On, and Then Now. So, you know, that little thing. And once we started doing that, a friend of mine, Kevin, I was talking to him after we were shooting a scene for Later On, the second short film for three hours he was supposed to drive off but two hours later we were still standing in the in the front of the street there <laughs> talking in front of his car about it about how the story had a lot more potential everything like that so then another year after that <laughs> you know uh uh we decided to uh, i decided to you know take his advice and be like okay let's let's turn this into a full fledged script so the three ideas i had together later later on and now i combined into one and uh, I mean, short. Sorry, short. Here we are now. Uh, later is you know gaining popularity. I mean, not as much as you know mainstream film, but on the Facebook page we have like over twelve hundred likes, which I'm super proud of. I've never had more than three hundred likes on any of my own uh, pages before, so it's it's. I feel like it's a real thing. It's every time you know we work on it. I have a real passion for it. Um, I think that kind of answers your question. I kind of skipped a whole bunch of junk in the middle and went straight to the end, but uh, you can continue questioning that. What kind of uh, (laughs) micro-effects
1: or special effects do you have to create for later? Anything anything in particular that you're super proud of that you can't wait for the public to see?
2: Uh, Unfortunately, with later, it's actually... Uh, on the on the lower side of the special effects, it's a lot more blood rigs, you know, people getting shot in the head, things like that, which is still a lot of fun, but it's not to the point where, you know, we're sculpting full creature suits and building things like this, which is actually what we're preparing for for next year. So the reason why we started filming later first, one, money, shooting a post-apocalyptic film where half of it takes place out in the woods, I live, you know, around where plenty of access to woods. You know, making wardrobe. You know, you have five bucks, you can make amazing wardrobe. Just go to the local thrift shop, and you can find everything you need. So, we chose later. That was one of the reasons. The second reason is because uh, a film called Clickers, which is uh, a film that I wrote before I continued on with later, is a grindhouse creature feature. And we actually started filming it. We actually had an Indiegogo campaign that didn't, you know, really go anywhere only because I didn't know how to properly handle it, everything like that. Didn't know as many people. But we went along with it anyway because, you know, I just the knowledge of special effects that I had, you know, it's like I really wanted to learn more and giving myself an excuse to do certain effects was my way to learn more. Nice. Anyway, so that that's very very practical effects heavy. I mean oh, cool. some scenes would probably take one day to shoot for, you know, two minutes worth of screen time. But, you know, we hit a halt in production because of certain things that I will not get into. Uh, but we chose later to shoot. Uh, last year, when we started to shoot later, it's been over a year now. Um, we were like, okay, so we have two options. Can either start clickers again? Or we can shoot later. And we decided on later because the money aspect, locations are easier to find um, you know, money again. Uh, (laughs) and you know, we can explore, it's an easier film to, you know, to, to produce because of, you know, the lack of need for, you know, $20,000 worth of makeup effects. Uh, and like I said, it's easy to shoot. So we're able we're, it, it doesn't have as much consequence if we mess up. So if, you know, we're shooting a scene, it's easier to reshoot instead of having to Take something that took five hours to set up and then it mess up and then have to reshoot it again so from down to you know getting audio and video synced up correctly to uh, getting our editing performance and I don't want to say ritual but you know process that's the word I was looking for the process of editing a film down we're working out all the kinks we're using later as a way to work out all the kinks uh, so that way when we get into clickers We are able to go like that instead of be like, oh, and trip over a, you know, really big fucking rock and then hit ourselves in the face Mm -hmm. and then spend three weeks trying to figure out how to fix this. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of helping us prepare. And then along the way in doing so, it's really taking on, you know, its own. Form is a lot of fun, and I'm rambling again.
3: No, sure. <laughs> keep going, keep going.
2: The um, uh, I do know that um,
0: a huge part of what we do too is, is educational, mm-hmm. um, and everything else. And I know that all, all the four of us represent different aspects of, of filmmaking, mm-hmm. and we're going to go down the couch about about later in a second. But the I get the fun one, which is um, I always love to talk about funny, crazy. Stories from shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you have a few. Um, oh yeah! I always <laughs> love to hear them, and I know Brennan will definitely want to ask about the um, uh, cinema of photography. <laughs> um, uh, the <laughs> I know he hates it. Um, and Zach's our, our awesome post guy, um, and David always loves to talk about um, uh, you know on set production and you know and putting everything Definises, together. Light, lighting, and he's mm-hmm. our our awesome grip All around. electric extraordinaire. So um so if you want to share a couple fun <laughs> crazy stories um uh, anything or even more importantly anything that you you learned you know any important hard or easy lessons that you yeah. learned that could be you know if you knew it um uh,
2: before you got into the production you yeah. would you would have done it just to educate the yeah. future filmmakers of the world. Oh yeah. Well, first off, always be appreciative of your of your crew. Like I want to say that right now in front of the cameras and everything is like, you know, I I wouldn't be able to be anywhere with this film without help from my crew. I mean, it's not just a one-man show even though I tell people all the time I'm I'm the head of, I wrote the script. I'm an executive producer. I'm directing it. I'm a lead actor in the film. I'm doing head of special effects makeup. I sometimes operate the camera. Half the time I operate the camera. I'm I data wrangle which at the uh, both flip sides I'm sure you guys know is a silly job title, but also it, one that you can see as, like, yeah, I can see where that comes in handy. But when you're on a smaller set, it's like, you know, that's just only taking take another 30 minutes of our time. We don't have time for that. Just let's roll <laughs> kind of thing. Anyway, that. but, you know, I do all these things. And, you know, most of the time when we're on set, you know, get there at 7 a.m., get home 7 a.m. the next day. I mean, it's, it's, it's not possible without help from crew and awesome people who drive for three hours just to be on set for free and help out I mean there's so many amazing people on this crew now with that being said on to some funny stories <laughs> uh, with the best one is uh, in in the film uh, this is going to be my first nude role uh, or nude scene I should say and the reason why I wanted to do a nude scene is because I, I work with a lot of uh, nude models, whether they male or female, I do body painting. I do a lot of stuff and a lot of them I've met uh, and worked with where it's their first time doing a nude body paint or you know something like that. And you know, being naked in front of someone, you know is not something that a normal person is like, oh, that thats seems really uncomfortable. Like see, as I was telling you earlier, body, they're just body parts to me, but I feel that if I did my own nude scene, then it would be something that I can relate to. If someone felt uncomfortable, I'd never force someone to do anything. But, you know, if they drive two hours to be here to do a body painting, if they feel uncomfortable, it's like, hey, I, you know, I've done this before. It is, you know, it's, it's a way to, you know, relate to people. Anyway, so. It's that's, that's actually, that's actually,
0: that's actually very, very, uh, it's very nice. It's, very, yeah. it's actually really nice. It's yeah. very
2: thought, uh, you know, very thoughtful. <laughs> So, when I was, um, we're, we had to do this in two different days, but the second day, uh, we are shooting the scene. This is in the winter of last year, or technically the beginning of this year, in February, I think, and uh, it's we're shooting in an abandoned building uh, across the street from Zorn's Brewery, uh, which is in Michigan City, Indiana, and uh, it's the, it was the original brewery. Now, with concrete buildings, with no insulation or anything like that, if it's you know, 20 degrees outside, you're gonna get a 20 degree difference inside. Oh yeah. So, I'm naked in this concrete room, and this, this is like sub-level. It's not completely underground, but you know, it's it's technically underground. Uh, and I'm chained up, you know, <laughs> holding on to iron chains with oh. my bare hands. Oh. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fully naked. I, I'm in my birthday suit. And our liaison, our wonderful liaison with, with Zorms there uh, that we called to be like, hey, we're, can we come out this day, yada, yada. Uh, that day when we're setting up, I didn't have, you know, I had someone who would bring me a towel or whatever, a blanket to get warm. Of course. Uh, I didn't have the blanket on at the moment. But he decided that this day, of all days, was the day where he decided to bring his wife out on set to show <laughs> <her the ball. laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> And I mean, it's a pretty short story, nonetheless. But I'm I'm hanging there. I'm looking at the script. It's like, yeah, we can do that or whatever. And then I just hear uh, corruption over there, and people say it's like, oh, what's happening? And then people are laughing, and I'm like, what what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) Because apparently they made. I I don't think his wife saw, but but the guy's name is Tony, and he walks in and then walks right back out, and it's like, oh wait, who who's there? Oh, so I, I think his wife walked in on that as well. And then, of course, we get extras arriving on set, too. Not many, but we had a couple extras, and I'm just hanging there. It's like, oh, hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> See, what had happened was. Um, so that's that's probably the the, the the funniest story. But the other... Uh, <laughs> you, know, you should have said, too, when she walked in, she'd be like, you know what?
0: I pissed the crow off so much, they mutinied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, <all> the, <laughs> the whole time I was thinking about doing this scene is, you know, any time <laughs> someone new came into the room, I was just going be like, I was in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the pool.
3: <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs>
2: negative 10 degrees. I mean, come on. you uh, uh, go <laughs> done Kendall myself. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean... There's a lot of good troopers, too, because we also had... I mean, it's not, It's technically not the scene that I was just in, but a different scene where I shoot a bunch of people in the head, but there's an orgy scene, <laughs> technically, uh, not in the point where you see, you know, pornographic stuff. I mean, there's nudity. Yeah, sure. But, um, <laughs> and it's on one of these same days where most of the stuff that we filmed in that concrete building was when it was, like, negative 20, negative 30 in that build. Well, oh maybe not oh, negative 30... And <laughs> we had a we had a, a, a you know a blast furnace, not blast furnace, but you know a, a portable heater. That you yeah, yeah. A propane tank. So every time the camera wasn't running, turn that thing back on. But
3: damn <laughs> yeah, man, dude. I can you imagine? Oh, <laughs> um,
2: you know what the um, uh, and I was I was
0: it reminded me of a of a great quote um uh, by Ralph Fiennes. Uh, when he was on Inside the Actor's Studio, and uh, James Lipton asked him about uh, love scenes and sex scenes and mm-hmm. everything else. He says, you always want to have a really good sense of humor about these yeah. situations. And he says, my favorite line of all time is, um, he would tell the actress, he says, if I get an erection, I apologize. If I don't get an erection, I apologize. <laughs> the um, uh, And he says it works every time, and everybody laughs, and everybody's comfortable. So. Yeah,
2: no, that's why I always prefer to have on set. Because, I mean, as I said, not everyone is used to... Uh, nudity as everyone else. I mean, I had some troopers, but, you know, not everyone is like, oh, yeah, let's let's do this. Um, so anytime there is nudity on set, I make sure everyone is like, you know, if you are not comfortable, don't even wait for anyone else to tell you any different. You are more than welcome to put your clothes on, do what you need to do, because I don't, I don't want anyone to be uncomfortable on my set whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't care if it, you know, costs the film a day of filming. I mean, I don't care. If you're not comfortable with it, then I... <laughs> I can't tell you any differently.
4: Especially in (laughs) negative 20 degree weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I'm not paying people. But I mean... (laughs) that too. Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) But um, even if that wasn't a fact, I I don't care. I mean, people's comfortability with being on set is of big importance to me. So, you know, I I try to make sure everyone, you know, everyone knows. It's like I'm very straightforward. It's like, hey, you're going to be butt-ass naked in this scene. If your willy's going to be out... I mean, I actually had a lot more guys comfortable with it than the women, but which I was surprised with because a lot of guys I know are like, no, no, no. Especially in, especially in negative degree weather. Yeah. The, uh, you this know, thing is staying contained. The, um, uh, you know.
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> Can I get a space heater yeah. over here, please? The, uh... Yeah, the other problem we have with cold weather is the fact that uh, when it comes to special effects, is as I said, we had a lot of gunshot wounds mm-hmm. to the head. So, what um, I use is CO2 cartridges um, and vinyl tubing that we snake through the clothing and everything like that. Now, with vinyl tubing, it doesn't like cold weather. It likes to get very stiff. Mm. (laughs) And even though uh, the fake blood that I use specifically for the blood rigs is not my own concoction, uh, but it's the the stuff in the red bottles that you can get from the Halloween shop. As Mm -hmm. long as it's in red bottles, it looks okay. But it likes to... Stiffen up as well, so I had to bring a uh, that microwave there into uh, on set, <laughs> and every we had to had the camera rolling ready and everything. We had coffee cups and everything. We put the blood in there, and then we had um, had someone hold the vinyl tubing in front of the uh, the heater to make sure it stayed you know yeah. flexible because otherwise we wouldn't be able to shove it up pants and do all that stuff. Uh, so pretty much as soon as we were ready, it's like, are we ready? We're calling to the other room. It's like, it's the blood ready. It's camera ready. Uh, we had to rush it back and forth, back and forth. And sometimes it was so cold that as soon as we put the blood in the tube and we, and this was like within a minute's time, put the blood in the tube, rigged the tube up and then we're ready to, you know,
1: press it and press it.
2: it. The, the, the blood would get not solidified, but (laughs) it's stiffened and it, it took a couple trips back and forth to. You know, get that process right. <laughs> it's like, wow. oh man. But a, f- a new friend of mine uh, told me that what I need to do, and I'm, I'm never gonna forget this because it's a good point. Because I, I I freeze a lot of people's hands and toes uh, when I'm on set because I'm just cruel like that. But um, <laughs> he told me to get cheap vodka and put it into the blood, and the blood won't freeze. Oh, and I'm like, okay. I'm like, exactly. That's, that is a fantastic idea. And I'm like, I. I'm, well, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> bloody vodka. So, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So that's another another tip. Is like if your blood's running, you know, Cold. stiff, pour some alcohol in there and it won't freeze. That that's
0: that's actually
2: amazing. Yeah. that's, that's a tremendous that.
0: tremendous tip. Yeah. The um uh yeah no no I I appreciate that I really do about the well I mean besides the vodka thing, um uh, but uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, not so much the cheap part, but yeah. Um, uh, but I really appreciate though what you said about the, about the cast and the crew yeah. and, and making sure that everybody's on. We have uh, we we've had I don't know how many meetings where we've hey are we are we making sure that we're doing enough mm-hmm. for the cast with a famous quote um, at Midwest uh, we can fuck up everything. Well, Brandon, what what
2: don't we fuck up? Crafty. Yep. Yeah. That uh, uh, yeah, feed people. You're you're oh, good to go. And m- plus with with Zorns uh, the original building there. Is right across the street from the the Zorns itself which is in the carriage house which used to be where they stored the horses. Okay. Uh, so the, the brewery was right across the street. Uh, I mean granted a couple people you know drank a bit too much when they came back to set but uh, <laughs> you know if they wanted to warm up warm up and grab something to eat or drink or whatever send, send them over that way <laughs> come right back so you know, feeding them was is, is a big importance as well. Uh, I can I can oh, confirm yeah. that. No, no, no <laughs> absolutely. You gotta make sure there's no
5: restrictions either. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we think, uh, we've
2: that. we've had we've had our we've
0: had gluten allergies. Yeah, we've nice. had peanut allergies. We I think we had one a poor actor who cannot consume fruit or vegetables unless mm. they are like steamed or, yeah, to a yeah. certain degree. Yeah. It's Really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I've never
2: had any problems like that. Uh, I mean, actually, the the problem I hate the most uh, because it, this film is where I've had the most people on set. When we did the cage fight, I had over sixty people on set. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, and nice. you know, I've never had more than ten people on set before. Before you know this film, and the downside is that I don't know that everything is going on. Like I'm I'm acting, I'm you know directing and doing all this stuff. So I'm not a, I'm not in the crowd or anything. Where if there's a problem that arises or if there's someone that has I mean, it didn't happen nearly as often. I mean, there's probably like two instances. I won't bring them up because it's not relevant. But, you know, there's two points where it's like, wait, what, what happened? And I didn't know about this until everyone after, while we we're cleaning up. Hmm. My crew, you know, came to me and like, hey, you know, there's this one person that did this and that. I'm like, wait, what, what, what? <laughs> and I, I like, and like I said, I'd like to make sure everyone's comfortable on set. And, you know, it really, you know, hurts me where I can't, you know be able to help everybody but I also know that I can't because you know I already spread myself thin enough as it is oh, to yeah. the point where my actresses is trying to shove food in my face it's like here you need to eat it's like no if I eat so I take 30 minutes off our our time we don't have time for that I can eat when I get home
3: <laughs> <laughs> not if you pass out no oh, yeah. no but no the one time
2: I did eat was when we were doing the cage fight because we we're using real machetes and everything so it's like you know maybe I should eat something I had a granola bar and a cookie and a thing of water, but other than that, I was like, okay, let's, let's go.
0: <laughs> that explains why he's so thin.
3: Yeah. The, uh, oh no, I
2: can eat three pizzas and it just, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a very high metabolism. I see your
1: three pizzas and I raise you five. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> done let's do it now <laughs> oh, oh shit man. new segment for your show <laughs> <laughs> the
0: uh um i know brandon wants to talk about um uh, shooting it too um, yeah so uh,
1: so, so you're shooting in the woods um it's mm-hmm. so like camera wise that what kind of challenges that pose cinematography wise because well well actually mm-hmm. let me preface this with another question what time of year were you filming so have leaves leaves started mm-hmm. fall yet
2: or well uh we've been shooting um uh, we started filming last year uh May, I think, mm-hmm. May or July, either one, but you know, uh, we've been filming for a little over a year now. Um, and of course when you're shooting outside, obviously, you know, if it's a sunny day out or if it's slightly, it's not overcast or anything, obviously you have to worry about that. Yeah. But I'm the kind of person who loves natural light and you know, as long as it's not like my high school short films are unfortunately on youtube uh <laughs> where you know we got off of school we started filming something it's only like five minutes long the beginning of the film is daytime end of the film is nighttime <laughs> but no we uh that but that you know that this, this was 10 years ago but um you know uh shooting out in the woods the only downside was you know when it got and this was another learning curve for me uh is you know making sure you're not blown out yeah you know uh you know some of the first um scenes that we shot there's a couple scenes where it's definitely blown out um and you know i mean it's not to the point where it's not usable i mean there's a couple shots but it's we're it's not like oh we're screwed kind of thing but uh that that's one learning curve that i had to be like okay i guess we have to use this but um because i was losing the little lcd screen so when i look at it it's like Okay, this this is how I want it. And when uh since it was so blown out, when I adjust, you know, the aperture, you know, what I wanted in, in frame got super dark and it's like, well now I can't see them. And of course I didn't have giant black flags or diffusers or anything like that. I mean I guess I could have taken you know, some plastic sheeting, uh um, and then folded it up and put a big ten by ten foot square in the trees, but <laughs> Uh <laughs> um, you know, that's that that would have taken so much time. And uh so yeah, out in the woods but other than that we didn't really have much problems. Uh like I said we shot on the we were shooting on the Canon C one hundred. Uh we're using Rokinon lenses, so it's not like we're you know, that um the F stops at like one point eight yeah. uh or something like that for most of those lenses. So it's you know if we needed to we can really make sure it's you know the way we wanted it and plus we had nd filters which funny story when i first used the canon c100 a couple years ago when we first started shooting clickers i scared myself half to death because it wasn't my camera i accidentally put the nd filter to six stops without no i didn't know what the hell they were so when i went to turn on the camera after using it all day i thought i broke it and i was freaking out because it was a friend of mine's that he let me borrow for free this 25 like 2500 dollars worth of qu- equipment and it's like what did i do <laughs> no, as I always remember it's like that's the MD filter wheel <laughs> but yeah no it's uh, uh. but the freedom with being out in the woods too is the natural lighting is you know you don't have to spend hundreds of hours to build a you know a sound stage and you know bring in trees and all this junk just go shoot out in the woods yeah. I mean I understand the practicality to it but at the same time I don't understand the practicality to it <laughs> I mean I'm used to being like, oh, I need something out in the woods. Drive two minutes that way, and I'm there. But I understand, you know, sound control and all that other junk. But, I mean, of course, in the apocalypse, when you have a plane flying overhead, we had to deal with that a lot because, you know, yeah, planes in the apocalypse not really a thing. <laughs> <laughs> we are shooting out in Schomburg over there uh, for one scene, and this was on a really hot day and the bugs were terrible. I mean, I don't normally get bit by mosquitoes, but if I stand in one spot and stay still, like I was because I was operating camera, it's, you know, swarms around us, and Jesus Christ, and then planes overhead, so we had to wait (laughs) But yeah, other than, you know, the odd, you know, the little sound inconvenience or anything like that, I don't think we had much problem with shooting outdoors. Uh, I think that answers your question. I'm not sure. Yeah. Did you have to get permits or anything for
4: shooting out in the woods?
2: No. I mean, they they know me around here. Like I in the, the front street here, I've uh, I wore the bunny head that's you know up on the shelf back there. I wore it while dragging a fake dead body down the street while beating it with a baseball bat in front of the church here. <laughs> uh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, there's uh, I, and I I I've talked with the chief of police as well. Um beforehand uh well i mean not for this film specifically uh only because we didn't do anything where it's large groups of people yeah. pretty much around here i mean if you're if you're there there you can't have you know a whole horde of mercenaries running through the streets with guns you know that that kind of stands out
3: yeah.
2: uh you can't do anything like that within city limits um i mean obviously i think i i know them better now to where it's like hey we got to do this. We'd have to block off the street. Things like that. Post sign. Be like, hey, we're filming here. But um around here, I mean, we're shooting out in the woods. I mean, no one's going to be like, hey, shouldn't be doing that. And I always hate it when my friends are like, oh, yeah, just tell them we're student films. It's like, yeah, but that, that, that's a lie. We're not
4: students. <laughs> I
2: feel like no matter how old you are, whether you're 15 or you're 45, they're just like, oh, just say we're film students. It's like, see, but I always see it, it's like, yeah, but, you know, if you're not. What if they actually be like, okay, we're going to go check that. It's like, you yeah, know, you're screwed. So I never use that as an excuse, but, uh, I do a lot of guerrilla filmmaking. Um, I mean, it's, it's not like we're destroying property or anything like that. Yeah. If, if there's a large group of people, like if we're bringing 50 people out into the woods, it's like, yeah, I'm going to let someone know because I don't want to freak anyone out. Yeah. Because yeah. we're you starting know, a cult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, like over at Zorn's, obviously, um, we there are scenes where we we're using blank firing weapons. Mm-hmm. We had permission to um, to use them on the property. It's private property, but uh, our ladies with Zorn talked with the police because they're friends with them. They're like, "Hey, we're going to be doing this on this day at this time." And then me and uh, uh, you know, my associate producer Dusty and my good friend co-director, uh, we went around to the houses around the building, be like, "Hey, you know, we're shooting this film. And if, so if you're any gunshots or anything like that, that's us, us using blanks." Uh, and this is a, a majority black neighborhood and a lot of them were kind of nervous to answer the door because two white guys with you know in in weird outfits <laughs> coming to the door uh you know so i felt bad for a couple of people it's like yeah here's our business card you know we, we we try to make sure that because i know i'm not 16 anymore i can't get away with you know you know things where Just it's I like will land me a day in jail but um no we uh we, we we have pretty free reign on here obviously we're not shooting blanks out in the woods I'm not going to do it you know within city limits because I know the pol- chief of police told me do not do that within city limits so it's like why well, I cause myself the trouble I'm just going to go <laughs> yes. right over here yeah yes. yeah
1: um, I think that's a good point for a break yeah yeah yeah,
2: yeah.
0: We're back <laughs> we're back from our break um, I know Zach was asking some uh, some good questions uh, about permits so I'll let
4: uh, Zach and Ms.
0: decimus take it away so have you ever had to
4: deal with any permits at all
2: uh no I mean I do have instances where we needed you know to show liability of insurance mm-hmm. you know so I do have my own general liability insurance okay. um, but other than that we have never had to deal with actual permits to where you know if we don't have it we can't shoot there so I mean, we just kind of, if we're able to do it without having to spend a lot of money, that's kind of how we like to roll. I, I fully. <laughs> so understand. we yeah. we we exhaust all options before we go like, oh, I guess we gotta pay these people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, because we have we have connections all over the place, you know, yeah. in the city, it's a good thing you know, to have. and then friends have connections who have other, conne- you know, it's it's just, you know, a matter of finding. Or taking the time to talk to people and be like, hey, you know this person or that, you know. Well, this is probably the only thing why I, I like Facebook. So the only reason is able to contact people on a whim, or not on a whim, but, on, you know, on a moment's notice. And then just let it sit up there and I can continue working. And if I hear a bloop, it's like, oh, someone's gotten back to me. Yeah, there so, you
0: yeah
4: that's, that's cool.
0: Remember kids, insurance is important. Yes. Yes. If anything, that's the one thing you don't want to lack on, especially when you're using real
2: machetes like this guy does, <laughs> <laughs> which you should never do ever. Don't ever yeah, do it. Yeah. The only reason why we did that is because we, you know, I know how to use, you know, properly use one. The blades were dulled, and uh, my cohort in the scene also had, uh, you know, experience. Uh, of course. So. I'd just like to say, if you are going to use
4: real weapons, don't be stupid. Make sure the blade is dull. Make sure you're yeah. not handing it to someone who's uncontrollable yeah. with their weapons. Just be safe. Be be uh, cautious. In that situation? No, mm-hmm. I've used, I use real weapons on all my sets, and I make sure yeah. they're dulled. Anybody who's actually handing them knows what to do and what not yeah. to do. And no, like I, if
2: someone doesn't know what they're doing, it's like no, you know, not yeah, at all. The, and worst... the same thing with the with blank guns. I don't care if you know me, if you trust me with your life, I don't give a crap. I'm going to um, take out the magazine. I'm going to show you the barrel. I'm going to show you. Be like, look, you know, don't trust my eyes. Trust your eyes. Yeah. This is this is empty.
4: <laughs> I, I I've never worked with a real gun before. I've worked with airsoft fellas, but yeah, that's a really good thing yeah, to do. Yeah, we, sure. we have uh, everything is
2: empty. Yeah, yeah. We have blank firing guns that are built specifically for blanks, but Correct. you know, yeah, it's the uh, they actually. Uh, I've worked with them a couple times. They actually. Uh, um, the,
0: the whole barrel, uh, and everything else, it's 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 all ironed in so that there's literally no Yeah, uh, there's no way for an actual projectile correct. to
2: escape except for yeah. the muzzle flash. Exactly. Because I got front firing ones. Some of them come up the top. Okay. But um yeah, the the magazine is smaller. Like I have nine millimeters and a forty five. They can't hold an actual forty five or nine millimeter round. It's right. impossible it's for you know but you know it can still hurt you or even kill you if you put it right here. And you then I mean? go. It's, it's, yeah, yes. the yes, muzzle exactly three feet safe distance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, yes. It is. Uh, so yeah. that
2: that means you make it five. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> exactly. Safety
4: precautions, take them.
0: Yeah. yeah. The uh, and actually too, uh, one one big tip I've always said is is if you have somebody who knows what they're doing, you know, and you have a close friend that has the experience and everything else, have somebody be a yeah. prop master. And to be Mm -hmm. a safety, you know, regulator who handles all that. As soon as the scene's over, hey, hey, give me that stuff back. Come on, come on. And they hold it on until the next shot is available. Then they hand it out to the correct person. It doesn't disappear. Mm -hmm. It's not being used by anybody else that's not supposed to be using it. Everybody's safe. Everybody's happy. Yeah, I never,
2: I haven't seen the video at all, but I saw the articles about The one film crew that had guns drawn on them and everything. And Mm -hmm. even the the sound guy's on the ground with his dead cat and he's just (laughs) on the ground you know and all that stuff and like see and I tell people like anytime we're on set and we have I never tell I can't I don't allow people to bring guns the only people bringing guns on my set are me or you know my trained weapons master they can bring blunt weapons they can bring edge, you know whatever knives whatever but I always tell them before they even come on set it's like hey if you have weapons when you're on set the weapons stay on set I don't want to see anyone running around with them or anything like that that's how you get shot. I don't put this but it's how you get shot <laughs> uh so no yeah no when it comes to safety that's a big thing on, on set you know <laughs> and it's also you should
4: take the like if you're working with like guns on set fake guns warn the cops oh yeah no yeah, no yeah no yeah so you don't run into a situation like yeah, that where yeah. you have guns drawn on you like what are you doing that yeah. also warn people with it i think it's like a two block radius mm-hmm. or something
3: like. yeah that. i mean yeah.
2: sometimes like enough if i'm out in the woods or anything like that it's just me, uh, you know, me and two other of my crew and then three other people. It's like, you know, we're out in deep in the woods. It's not like we're flashing around town or anything, yeah. so I, it's not... You can get away with more by doing yeah, that. Yeah, but, you know, if you're out in the street and open view, full view of the public, it's like, let, let people know. Yeah. <laughs> the,
0: uh, well, yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. So, David, did you, uh, do you have anything you wanted to oh, add? Yeah, to throw uh,
5: I wanted to talk about your other, like, creative ventures you do. Um, I saw on your website you have... You've drawn a lot of um, posters for certain mm-hmm. films. Yeah, I wanted to talk about like some of your inspirations for um, some of the posters.
2: Yeah, well, with when it comes to movie posters, I always like to go back to you know like the Grindhouse era and you know this sixties and seventies and you know and especially the eighties when you got such a unique style to not just horror films but films in general. You know, everyone everyone was. You know, drawing it out by hand and painting them and everything like that—it had the look. It looked like a movie poster. Nowadays, it's just floating heads and fancy, shiny titles. And you know, it—you know—if it's a movie about a shiny head that you know speaks, sure, (laughs) that, that has a point for the title. But you know, as an illustration major, you know, it's been drilled into my head about designing for the space and making sure there's a flow to your work if it's indeed necessary for a flow. So if you look at One thing, you know, if you look at any of my posters, you'll see. Like, if you look at the title, it's it's placed specifically. So if it's something that I want you to look at first, it's gonna be the first thing that pops out at you. But if you see that one thing that pops out at you, it's gonna be something to bring you out to something else that pops out. It's gonna be a flow, so where you can flow throughout the poster instead of seeing a head and then seeing the title Mm -hmm. and moving on to the next thing. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I saw that with the
5: um clickers poster yeah yeah yeah, your, your yeah you, you go straight like, into the middle of the mouth yeah. there yeah
2: because then you go into it's like oh that's an interesting mouth and then it's like wait but there's a human mouth in there it's like oh look at those teeth it's like oh that's a cool title yeah. and then yeah 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 I, I like that one I can't wait to get back to on that but um but yeah so a lot of my inspiration comes from the original posters of the 60s, 70s, and 80s, a lot of, you know, that Grindhouse style that, you know, where, you know, in Grindhouse where, you know, the poster became, you know, became uh, reality before the film was even made. So, uh, I like, I like it when a poster can tell the story, like I hate it when there's a poster, especially, I mean, I've seen some posters where the items or whatever on the poster itself is not even in the film. It makes sense if it's a parody or comedy where it's making fun of something. But if it's not in the film, why the hell is it on the poster? So, you know, if I'm doing a poster for someone else, I ask people, it's like, okay, what's the main story? What's, what's, um, what are the main elements of the film? Because if it doesn't have to be, even though I'm a very literal guy, I don't, I, I try to be more artistic than that. Then it's like, oh, this film's about a one tooth bank Robert. you know i mean obviously that's going to go on the poster because you know that's interesting but uh i tried to be a little bit more artistic when it comes to designing what goes on and what doesn't go on the poster and i've had arguments with people too because i had people who was like okay we want all the heads here and then all the heads here and it's like one that's a lot of work two you're 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 paying me because you're not able to do this yourself so i'm going to design you a couple options first and if you don't like them sure i'll do your crappy version but (laughs) (laughs) let me show you what we can do with this idea first before we go you know making a crappy poster I mean, I'd still make it look good, but it's just, you know, a bunch of floating heads or anything like that. There's only a couple of films that can get away with that, like with Lord of the Rings, you know, with that. But see, they, they designed that intricately, but there's just so much to that storyline, characters, everything like that. Uh, and plus, it already has a book, you know, and everything, you know, books before the film. So I, I, I allow that to be like, okay, yeah, you can get away with that. Um, the one Game of Thrones season six, I believe they had all the heads in there, you know that. Yeah. But that's that's done in actually, an artistic way, yeah. Uh, you know, but it's I mean that wasn't illustrated, but I mean, uh, so there's not many films where it's like you know that that can work. Uh, I mean, there's posters where they have a simple object, like Grand Budapest Hotel. They have the yeah, hotel yeah. there. There's like 50 names on on the actual cover, but they put them up top where they belong, not all on the front page. There, uh, I mean, even as much as National Lampoon was, you know, an icon in parodies and all that stuff, you know, putting all the heads and making it look mad, ma- uh, mad, uh, mad magazine yeah. style uh, artwork is cool and all, but it's just it's it gets to a point where it gets so busy that it's you know you don't know what to look at, and it's like it's a fun Easter egg hunt to fast like oh look there's that guy from that one. but it, there, there's there is such a thing as too much so, Yeah. yeah <laughs> sometimes more is less yeah yeah that is for sure and all on all realms of art oh me, of course yes, yeah oh yeah like yeah. sometimes when you're shooting a film if uh you know you you get your over the shoulders everything like that for a whole conversation but sometimes the master shot of the wide is just oh it's gold let's just leave it as that as, as long they, as your they, whole movie isn't like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. They're, they're, unless you're,
2: <laughs> you're, unless you're going for a specific purpose with your wide shots, then not the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> yeah,
4: there's
5: a, there's one uh, particular poster that I, that I loved and I think um, Zach loved. Did you want to talk about some of the elements? Which one?
4: Uh, the pause yeah. poster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I brought these out. Oh, look at that. There we go. here it is.
0: Dun-dun!
2: Oh, uh, look, we don't get that much glare either. Nice. Nice. Oh,
0: no
5: glare. Nice. Yeah. What was the uh, inspiration for this?
2: Well, uh, my buddy David, uh, who I'm a regular, uh, he's a regular, uh, customer of mine for, uh, posters and whatnot for his films, he, uh... I don't think he's the owner, nor is he the owner, but uh, his company name is Boombastic Films, or him and his friend's company is Boombastic Films. Sorry, David. Uh, (laughs) They got the rights to this film called Pause, which was uh, a film made in 1970, 1975, or something in the 70s that was never released, and they got the rights to it. They wanted me to create the poster, and I'm like, Killer Cat in the Sewer done uh, the, you know the first thought was uh as I was telling you guys earlier the the alligator poster you know with the alligator underneath the street in the in the sewer arch you know that's like oh that's you know that just remains an image in my head even though it's it's an oddly placed poster but you still get you know the danger there's there's uh you know absence to the poster itself but then you see this gator and then you see the archway it's like oh it's underneath a street and it's like oh is a killer gator, yeah. But see, all you need to put is "killer croc" in the title, and it's like you know that's you're Yeah, in. yeah. At least for me, I mean, I'm a, I'm all about creature features, but um. So that was the inspiration for this poster. I don't like to draw inspiration. I, mean, I, I take inspiration from other things, but I'm a super paranoid about copyright. So obviously, I'm not going to put the cat in the lower corner with the same you know. So I tried to take my own creative um, artistic freedom with it, and you know. Not show that I took information, but at the same time, do. That doesn't make sense, but it does to me.
4: <laughs> I think it does. I mean, it makes your poster's more unique. Like, yeah. it's not like yeah. you're clearly just looking at one poster and be like, I don't want to redo that. You just <laughs> copy, redo it, just switch out the animal. Yeah. So it's cool what you did there. And what's oh, your yeah. uh,
5: your process then? That kind of gain inspiration. Do you like listen to like special effects? Like I mean, it's weird sounds or I mean, music? if it's
2: if it's a a, a poster that is specifically, you know, like, like the pause poster where it's kind of, it has that grindhouse feel, but it's also, it has that indie feel. You know, I, I, I sometimes play music. I'll put films in the background but or TV shows or documentaries, or it depends on what I'm doing. Um, I mean, there's a specific playlist on uh, YouTube that has over 276 technically videos, but, uh, uh, you know, classic films, um, music scores and music from the horror films of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So it's just almost 300 songs, and I just hit, um, you know, shuffle. So depending on what I'm doing, I, I'll, I mean, I don't really have a set, you know, thing I play in the background. Uh, for later, I've been listening to, anytime I do any writing or anything like that, before we had actual music, we have an actual score score. And a soundtrack, a full soundtrack being made from one of our lead uh, actors, who is also a brilliant musician, uh, Johnny V. And I, before you know, he started making the music. I'd listen to the Last of Us soundtrack. You know, you know, for I, I can never not listen to that. That's just I play that for three hours straight, even though it's only a 59 minute soundtrack. <laughs> I mean, it's made so, tune. you can have on loop for hours. Yeah, certain certain things. If I need to like with writing, I will, I will, I would want to set the tone, set the mood to where, you know, I want to get engaged in the story and the characters and what I'm trying to, I want to be there. So, uh, but with posters, it's a bit different. It's more so getting the mood and relaxed. Like it just relaxes me in general and being in, in art school, you know, sometimes you just, you know, if you don't forget your, if you forget your laptop or whatever, the teacher's not playing music. You know, you're just listening to yourself scraping on paper with utensils, <laughs> so, <laughs> and then random conversation as you're drawing, you're talking to the person across the table there. So it's there's no set, you know, thing that I listen to or anything. It's kind of just what I'm in the mood for. Yeah, so, so when you're
5: sculpting the alien penises yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah the we put on the 80s bow, bow. Yeah. <laughs> I
4: wonder how many more times it's going to get brought up
0: before the end of the podcast the, 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 be, the, the best of 70s and 80s porn yeah. scores yeah. that'd be yeah, annoying
2: as hell I don't think I'd be able to listen to that <laughs> for three hours <laughs> 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 no I'm sure that is a thing on YouTube oh, oh yeah. absolutely a thing two
4: minutes in and you're just like nope stop it's all Can, like it, yeah. can't, it, can't it, do it it's all synthesizer and bass that's all Oh, that is all it
2: is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really does. It really like is. when, it, whether it's a poster or sculpting or anything, you know, just whatever I feel like. Usually, Pandora's to go to if it's uh, early in the morning because I try to get in the studio uh, as early as I can. Usually, I end up being late because you know I'm lazy. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the morning I listen to uh, you know NPR, you know WBZ, whatever. Um, you know, and then because uh, I don't really listen to music early in the morning unless I've been up since you know two a.m. <laughs> you know, driving home from set, getting home when the sun is rising, then you know I'm listening to you know rock and roll and you know whatever's on the radio. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's it all depends. <laughs> nice, 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 very cool.
5: So to get that kind of lighting right for the pause, what was the the trick that you? you did Um, I think you.
2: well I I mean after you I mean anyone who's been to any college or whatever for whatever they want to do like in college when I was an art student Hmm. I was an art student you know there was things I was still questioning myself even though I knew how to do it it's like but still in my head it's like well maybe I should ask a teacher but see after I graduated and you know some of the first jobs I did it's like you know I didn't even hesitate it's like you know you know, they're like no, you don't want to do that. You want to do this. I, like I, I knew what I knew what I wanted to do, and I was confident in saying so. So when it came to when it comes to lighting and shading and any kind of rendering or whatever it comes to when making art, it's like I know what I want to get. With illustration, it's like well, you know, if this light hits this way, you know, the light's on. You know, with pants, you know, the light's striking from here, hitting here. You know, you know, I have light here in and shadow. I mean, it's it's, it's you know, it, I just know what I. Want. <laughs> it's it's in here. I. I um of course there's other things too like with sculpting i haven't been sculpting nearly as long as i've been illustrating or drawing or anything like that so of course with sculpting i still have questions of myself that i can still confident and be like okay well i know i don't know how to do this but i know how i can learn how to do this so i have friends i have you know other things i can go to or whatever so um yeah
0: (laughs) nice 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 (laughs) love it the uh, you know you, you you know you you figure it out eventually. Yeah, yeah. I
2: mean, it's it's really. I mean, whether you go to an art school or film school or whatever or not, it's something that you can learn along the way. Uh, art school definitely helps you. You know, is a little different than film because there's a lot more. Uh, you know, utensils. I'm not mocking film school and saying it's useless. I mean, it's 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 not. You know, but I I I I hear a lot of film student friends of mine who are still in film school and i ask them if they've seen this film or that film and they're like oh well we don't have time for that it's like you, you don't have time for what now you're in film school you don't watch films i mean so that that part i highly criticize some film schools on because it's like how can you have a film school in that i mean i i went to art school and i had two film course classes and both those courses one was for american cinema or i don't remember the full name and the other one was for, for foreign films and world culture all we did, uh, you know, two and a half, three hour class, sat there, watched the film when we were done with the film. If we didn't have time that day, the next day we'd talk about the film. Next day we watched the film. Next day we talked about the film. That's it. And apparently none of my filmmaker friends, their classes had nothing like that. It was all about the technical specs, which is fine, but I mean... <laughs> so you gotta know that you still gotta know the flavor. Yeah. You still so right
1: gotta know what your end result needs to look like. You yeah.
2: I mean, it's like you said. There's 50, it's 50 on both sides. I mean, when I'm in art school, there there's a lot more. Like if I didn't go to art school, I wouldn't know as much as I did now. But I, you know, I went to a good art school, a very good art school. Um. But and like I said, I've never been to film school, so I can't. Confirm or deny it. But I just know what from my from other what people. What
3: film
4: school do these guys go to?
2: <laughs> I don't remember. Is you know, some of the ones in Chicago there? All
4: right, because um, we all went, all went to I AI. Lot. Well, the four, three of us went to AI, <laughs> and it's like we all had we all had classes that had to do with like technical aspects, but we still watched maybe one or two films in the technical classes, yeah. and then we had film theory, which we watch films, talk about them, study mm-hmm. the films, all that stuff. Maybe Either way, we were watching movies. Yeah. And learning how to actually make the damn thing. Yeah, Yeah. Which freaking film school doesn't allow you to watch the film? I don't know. I
2: I wouldn't talk about it as much if I didn't have so many friends of mine say, it's like, oh, I didn't have time to watch films. It's like... And even me
4: and this guy, like, like I'll watch a movie at least a couple times a week. He watches them all the damn time. I consider it research.
2: I mean, I go to bed with the TV on. I mean... Yeah, it's, it's a, you gotta the, know uh, what you're
4: getting into. At yeah. least,
0: at, at least while you're in school, like at yeah. least, at least while you're in school and you're learning stuff. I understand none it. of this.
2: No, you don't have time. Crap, it's, it's like that's actually don't you? That's you actually sleep, the, don't ya?
0: That's, the, <laughs> that's actually the time when you need to be doing that. Like when you're in the profession, <laughs> you know. I, I was joking around with somebody, a family member the other night about that, and 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 one of my friends was giving me a real hard time about not. Um, like I, you know, it's hilarious. Like it, you're in, you're doing all this stuff and everything else. And you know, and I ask you, hey, have you seen this film yet? And you say, I know, I haven't. And everything else, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking busy. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually trying to make, and not only a, you know, a work with these guys. I'm trying to make a fucking business and to get everything going. And that, and I was like, now I understand when, when when they interview celebrities and they talk about other celebrities' films, mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, no, I didn't I didn't catch it yet, and everything else. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, why didn't you catch it? I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. Like you, you're working eighteen hours a day yeah. trying to do that. <laughs> you know, if you're not watching film while you're in film school, that's a problem because when you hit the professional circuit, yeah, then you're actually busy. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's
1: why I don't take the Oscars seriously yeah. because it's, <laughs> it's industry voting on It's like they don't watch film if. <laughs> I'm nowhere near their level and I don't have time to watch those movies. Yeah. So how can I believe that they have time to watch the, the, those?
0: They send their assistants <laughs> to go vote. Um, uh, they, <laughs> it's actually not the actual voters. It's all of their PAs and their assistants
3: that the actually wives. vote for there them. There was actually one oh,
1: interview with the voters and I just let my wife fill it out.
0: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's hilarious this is oh, I'm the, not going to deny that I do that sometimes but I mean uh, <laughs> he's like, the, uh, <laughs> shame the uh, <laughs> but I mean bad. you know uh, especially in film school that's disappointing though yeah. that they don't and they should have classes to, yeah. to, to teach film I mean I took because you learn like, so much
2: more like if you watch Akira Kurosawa's uh, know, the, the Seven Samurai the seven yeah you can learn so much just oh, from yeah. that you can learn about you know the culture you can learn about you know framing because uh one of my um my film teacher uh pointed out that in that film you'll never find the frame a, a frame where something isn't moving like he's watched this film several times and you know one time he thought he found a frame it's a super wide shot like a super wide where you can see miles into the distance uh and he thought he found the frame where nothing's moving but he, then he's uh, like time he's watched it, he sees a little branch in the corner doing oh. this. Oh. Uh, you know, it's, it's, little, it's little things like that where it's like, oh, that's just, you know. Then we can see. I mean, you don't learn stuff like that in film school. I mean, I mean, I can't say that, but I mean, I'm sure there's individual teachers who can bring stuff up like that. But because that's where I learned it from, I didn't know that. But that's from me watching it too. He was after we saw the film. He's like, did you uh, notice that lat- that one scene there? Yeah, that branch was moving. I mean, <laughs> God.
0: we could sit here and talk about Kubrick and Hitchcock for hours. Yeah, But all oh, their their crazy shit. But you know what though? You wouldn't learn that unless you're watching it. Yeah, like you okay. have to you have to watch it. I mean, I learned so much. I mean, I've been acting since I was ten, and I've learned so much about film acting mm-hmm. from watching films. Yeah. The um, I mean, it, the, the funny part is, um, I also read a, a bunch of great books. Um, uh, Michael Caine. Who wrote a book called Acting in Film? He brings up film all the time. Yeah. He's like, if you're gonna steal, steal from the best. Yeah. And like, and here's like the tw- here's the twenty films of where I got this lesson mm-hmm. from and that lesson from. And one of the best lessons I've heard was uh, was Casablanca. Um, uh, when he was talking about Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey Bogart was great with eyes. And and he said uh, Humphrey Bogart would always deny the camera his eyes until mm-hmm. the last possible second of when it would be effective. The scene in Casablanca when he's sitting there, with all the gin joints and all the towns of all the world, she had to walk into mine. He doesn't look at the camera yeah. the entire time. And I actually went back and watched it. Like he does not f- uh, look in the camera. He looks everywhere else mm-hmm. until the last second of the frame, and then dead mm-hmm. on. And it's the most effective. And it's just yeah. excellent work of acting and cinematography and direction in that particular scene. But you wouldn't know that unless you actually watched the fucking movie. Yeah.
2: yeah, there's there's things that you can learn in school and then there's things that you learn down the road. Yes. You know, like, when I'm sculpting and doing anything like that, or life casting, <laughs> you know? Oh, well, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, I probably would have known that if I, you know, took some workshops on it or anything like that. But, you know, me being, uh, me, it's like, oh, life casting makes, um, one part A, one part B, equal, and then mix it together, apply it, wait till it cures, make a shell, that's it. And, you know, it's like, oh, hair. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, there's a beauty to learning down the road. Like, when I was in art school, uh, you know, I was uh, aiming to do, you know, special effects and stuff like that. I was actually on set in all this stuff and doing, you know, movie posters for people. And some of my... Some of my art pro- uh, class projects for, for for certain courses were actual posters that, you know, were for clients, you know, and I <laughs> <laughs> there's like one or two, but um, I used it as such and, you know, learned down the road. So there's a lot, you know, and you never stop learning either. I mean, <laughs> of course, of course, you know, Roger Corman, I'm sure is still learning to this day. I mean, even though he's more so on the producing standpoint, but. You know, I I don't think I've ever seen someone who has as many film credits as that man, like over 500 different. Uh... He's
1: done a couple movies. Yeah. The, uh, you well, know he, he only jump Jim Cameron Jim Cameron's uh, career.
2: And uh uh I want to say Opie but Ron, Ron, Howard. Howard. Ron Howard yeah he's he got oh, wow Ron we're Howard. going way back yeah. so th- there was a sh- Jack Nicholson he <laughs> made Jack Nicholson do Joe LSD Clinton. and all that yeah, yeah, stuff well, yeah. yeah. So,
0: and for everybody who doesn't know, Ron Howard, before Happy Days, was in the Andy Griffin show. It was in black and white. He was the kid in it. There was some color. But uh, oh, that's they...
2: when Barney went away.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
1: that's true. <laughs> Trivia question for you, Mark. What was Ron Howard's first movie as a director?
0: First movie as a director? Was it Splash? Nope. No.
2: Really? Okay. Death okay. Race I 2000. I thought it was Splash. What's that? Death Race 2000. Nope. I thought that, because Roger Corman got his first directorial debut, I thought that was Ron Howard's first. What was it? Grand
4: Theft Auto,
2: hang on, what? Oh no, no, they. Um, that's right because that's Death Race two thousand. It didn't get called Death Race two thousand until later, so I think it was called Death, um, Grand Theft Auto as well. I no, think there, that's there, like the alternative title. Who
1: did? Who did Death? I know somebody did Death Race two
0: thousand. Yeah, I know there was a movie called Grand Theft Auto. I think there are two separate movies. The,
2: uh, I'm curious.
1: Yeah. Death Race 2000 was Paul Bartel, and it stars David Carradine, Sylvester Stallone. Okay, so it
2: was Grand Theft Auto, then. Yeah. Okay. Damn. I thought it was funny. I apologize, shit. internet. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Please don't hate us the in the comments section. Say again? Being wrong on the internet is seven years bad luck. Oh. (laughs) Well. I
2: carry a a flip phone and I'm a a millennial, so. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Nice. nice. They're free spraying with him flipping the camera. Yeah, Yeah, he both directed And I can confidently say fuck Facebook as
4: well. (laughs) Yes. We need more people to do that. (laughs) the he's going to be like but, but follow me on Facebook
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> I, I get a lot more interaction on Instagram though I can't even uh, get any interaction on Facebook unless I po- cross post it from Instagram we do yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I post something directly on Facebook it doesn't get seen but if I post something on Instagram and share it through Instagram onto Facebook then, you know uh, well, the, the twenty people, people that will see it see it yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah so the uh, I, it's too close, man.
0: I am actually glad I know that trivia effect because I generally thought it was it was splash nah. the uh, the
2: uh, yeah because oh. I got Death Race two thousand part from uh, a Roger Corman um, yeah. documentary because and... um,
1: Grand Theft Auto was also another Roger Corman movie yeah so his first was so, okay. The
2: Corman yeah. But then again, the internet doesn't know anything about Ron Howard anyway, so. <laughs> the,
4: uh, the, the internet knows all. Except, <laughs>
1: they, they know that he took over a Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah. and he couldn't save it. No uh, one yeah. could save
0: that movie. The, uh, oh. Anyway. Uh, let's not go down to Star Wars. Right <laughs> the, uh, we only have a few days. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, Zach. Um, uh, the, it might be good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I might win the lottery tomorrow. Um,
4: I may win an Oscar and pay off my student loans in five minutes. The uh, pay them all. I things. think the Oscar thing
0: is more likely than the, than the student loan thing. Honestly, the fuck up thing is you're
4: not wrong. The uh, <laughs> um, uh, well,
0: um, the, I can I can do my uh, question in the podcast. Absolutely.
1: Um, that, I do want to talk about um, just one last thing about the posters. Uh, he mentioned what his favorite was. My favorite of yours mm-hmm. is actually the one that you have hanging right over, on the stairs over The Fields, there. Of, the fields, of, red fields of Red There's yeah, something about that one. Oh, and he's going well. to run to it. Our audience gets to see it. Alright. Alright, Is it
4: the Clive Barker looking one? No. no. Oh, Wait a
5: minute there.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah,
2: Fields of
4: Red. There we go. There we go. <laughs> okay, we have it in full frame.
3: Yeah. There we
2: go. <laughs> yeah, so this one uh, was for my short film, Fields of Red, which we uh, completed filming before we started with Later. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a grindhouse sci-fi alien movie where the alien penises come in. Uh, nice, nice, <laughs> nice, 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 <laughs> nice, nice, um, So are these
1: tentacles or gentacles?
2: No. <laughs> no, those That's are... That's a good question um the the basic of the story is, you know, there's a uh, an alien infestation going on to where it, it's not really a a, a form. Uh, it, it's organic, but it's not it's more so of a virus that takes over. it's it's a short film, so we don't go so in depth, but it pretty much takes over, uh, you know, male organisms, you know, and then uses said organisms to reproduce. So therefore, <laughs> There is rape involved in the film uh, and stuff like that, which is another thing I take very seriously when it comes to film. Uh, I never use it unless it's crucial to the story. But um, and with this, you know it, that that's their way of reproducing. So the tentacles kind of represent, you know, a viral or you know, you know, organicness. <laughs> very technical term, their organicness. But no, an organic quality to. Uh, the alien being, because, like I said, there is no, you know, original form, and whatever host uh, said organism uses to reproduce is what it ends up kind of starting to look like. Uh, I actually have. I mean, it does take form after a while, but here, let me take out the uh, right, the containment unit here.
4: There's uh, a containment unit. There is, yeah. in fact, a containment unit. Oh nice. boy.
0: Look at that.
4: Nice. Oh, look at him.
2: So, even though the film's not shown, but. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> well, this alert. This guy is what pops out after a very, very quick reproductive uh, cycle, you know, 10 minutes, uh, and then oh, well. pop. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So, nice, uh, We're nice. We're <laughs> very
3: heavy. We're very heavy. Nah, yeah, that's, that's the way uh, the, uh <laughs> solid, solid silicone right there. Yeah, this but, is yeah, the it's closest uh, I've ever been to holding a baby.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's keep it that way. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a... You know, it's I really... Uh, am, like, I, I enjoy doing my own you know, poster work. It's... it's You <laughs> know, because be I very very have the freedom to do whatever the hell I want. Guys. It's my poster. Yeah, so exactly. It's, it's, your, it's your
5: movie, yeah. your poster. What was this again?
2: Oh, uh, Silicone. Uh, more specifically, Dragon Skin Ten, but you know, nice. no one's going to know what sounds that means, awesome. unless they're familiar with Smooth-On products.
0: <laughs> Get the baby, and then the baby. So that's
2: probably seventy dollars worth of silicone right
3: oh, there. Wow. wow!
0: Yeah, I can tell. It's good. To... And I had to do it
2: twice because the first time I messed up, so I had to go out back out to Reynolds, which is uh, in countryside, just south, uh, no, north of here, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Buy some more. He's like, yep, I messed up. <laughs> so this is just solid silicone? Yeah, this is solid silicone. So this all is... that weight is... Yeah, yeah, that's that some serious yeah. weight right wow. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Silicone is pretty much the go-to when it comes to any kind of like body props, when you see body parts or anything like that, because you can get the translucency... Oh, and you can also put mixed stuff in it and everything like that. But that's not what we're talking about right this second. <laughs> how long does
4: it take to, how long did it take you to make that? Like what is the process for just making one of those if you, um, had you like Make, like, multiple for, like, a seed or something. To make multiple of those? Yeah, like, how long does one take specifically?
2: Well, um, you know, silicone, it depends on, you know, the size of the mold as you want to take into consideration. But you can get silicone that cures within five minutes. You can get silicone that cures within six hours. You can get silicone that cures in 16 hours. I mean, it, it all depends. Like, if you have a giant mold, like someone my size, if you want to fill a whole mold that's, you know, something that's six foot, you want something that doesn't cure in five minutes because you need the time to make sure it gets in all the details and everything like that and, uh, stuff, but something like that, that probably took about, you know, 30 minutes to cure, I think, if I remember, uh, because I wanted the last time I messed up, you know, it cured too quickly. (laughs) So I wanted to make sure it cured correctly. And, uh, yeah, so it doesn't take that long as far as the, uh, process of making, The physical prop itself, uh, but sculpting it, molding it, and casting it as such like that, I'd say if you crunched it all together, uh, you know, probably four days.
4: Okay. Okay.
2: And, you know, that includes eating and sleeping. Okay. (laughs) But, of course, it took longer than that because I didn't work on it every single day. Yeah. Usually if I do a sculpt that, you know, I want to look good, I'll let it sit for a couple days. And then, uh, you know, I come back to it uh, and be like, oh, well, maybe I can change this. Because, you know, if you work on something for so long, like 10, 18 hours or whatever, yeah. yeah, you're going to be seeing the same thing. And, you know, so even sometimes you'll see artists, you know, like with this piece, you know, most posters I do, I'll flip it upside down, you know, for posters and look at it that way because you see it differently that way. And, uh, you know, so it, it's a pro- um, there's process that doesn't really involve much other than waiting <laughs> oh, nice. So there there is waiting involved but if if I crunched it all together and I allowed myself to eat and sleep I'd say probably 4 days for that little alien there. Okay. Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah. Very, very cool. The uh gentleman. <laughs> um, and before
1: the question of the podcast I just want to touch on uh body painting real quick. Okay. Yeah, a little bit mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Um which I find fascinating just like all the illusions that can be pulled mm-hmm. off yeah. with body painting. Yeah. So like what got you into that and what inspired well it was design. more so
2: uh me just trying to broaden you know my ability to do you know stuff in uh with body painting you know it's a different from a from a flat canvas it's a 3d canvas that yeah. you have um i mean nowadays when i do them i try to do more character based body paints but before i always did uh a lot of stuff with tape so i you know tape off sections to make nice solid clean lines um but uh, it's it, it's interesting to you know see what you can do with different body types and shapes and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I, I, I do I need to do more male body paintings because I don't you know I have more friends that are women than men, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> any uh, volunteers here yeah <laughs> is that Mark exactly. anytime any <laughs> yeah. anytime I have uh, you know I do photo shoots or body painting or anything like that if they bring their boyfriend along I always try to be like hey you wanna get in here you know <laughs> like strip <laughs> like, come on it's like, it's like, babe, we're gonna paint What's we're, going on we're gonna paint you all but yeah you know body painting is more so you know it's uh, something I do whenever it's like I, you know I feel like painting someone today well, I mean obviously I can't do that right away but I have to Take a couple of days and figure out a day to where they can come out, but you know it's it's a unique way to you know ex- express my artistic you know ideas instead of just putting them on paper or in clay. It's another avenue to explore.
4: Yeah. I noticed you did one that looked like a it was based off Darth Maul.
2: It, it was Darth Maul. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just like I, I yeah my uh, okay my friend Sarah. Uh, she's a big Star Wars fan, and, you know, anytime she goes to a photo shoot, she keeps in her car a Stormtrooper helmet and lightsaber, I think. <laughs> so, most of her photo shoots, she'll get at least one shot with her Stormtrooper helmet or something. That makes me sad. So uh, <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, one day she wanted to be a, a Darth Maul, and I'm like, yeah, sure, let's do it. So, I made horns for her and everything, and uh, so, yeah. looked <laughs> great. Well, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic.
0: The uh, yeah, anytime hey, anybody talks about Star Wars, we're we're pretty good, for the most part. The, for, the mo- okay. for the most yeah. part, the uh, you know this is an independent uh, science fiction movie that came out in the '70s. Yeah. No big deal. The um uh, so uh, uh, the the one fun part I didn't get to t- say right before we started this okay. interview is we have a tradition. I do a question on the podcast. Okay. Um, usually what that everybody participates. Um, uh, the because you're the guest. I ask what? you first, if you don't know right away, you get an opportunity to do a pass, <laughs> and then we go all the way around the horn, and it gives you an opportunity to think. Um, I usually try to keep it uh, related to what we're talking about, but okay. sometimes, you know, it's my question, I can, you know, ask him about. I, want. he, I, can, I you know. he plays by his own rules. It, indeed. their rules, they don't control me, at least not anymore. But, uh, so, um, uh, the one thing I did want we'll to talk about because, um, and also I try really hard to pretend like I came up with it way before this interview, when in fact that isn't always the truth my um, uh, and actually this time is there's no exception. Um, so I think my question of the day is what is your favorite uh, horror movie kill related to visual effects? Um, uh, something that really I, I already know what mine is uh, that really stuck with you, made an impact even even somebody who knows, who knows what the, how the sausage is made? Even you went. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. So, um, special effects or visual
5: effects?
0: Um, uh, visual effects. I'm sorry. Um, practical effects, practical makeup effects, special. Special, uh, special, uh, special, special effects, effects practical, uh, effects, practical okay. effects, anything that's related to um, makeup, non CGI, yeah. <laughs> anything that can be done on set and not on a fucking the computer. Best way to do it. The um uh, the I'm best, way to which is the best way. Anything that really. Still, still gets to you, or really still haunts you, or you just really fucking enjoy.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I can never pick favorites because you know there's aspects to everything that I like and dislike, and so I I, I never have a, you can pick a, a solid. So I the first one that pops in my head is from uh, I don't remember the full name of it, but it's a Frankenstein film. It's more underground, uh, but not so underground to where it looks like it's shot on you know shot on camera, you know. Blair Witch crap, but, uh, <laughs> some of people are going to hate me for that, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but it was, uh, you know, this young woman in a yellow dress, I think, is walking to her car and everything, In this, uh, the, the Frankenstein monster of the movie, you know, she's just, uh, randomly, uh, you know, getting her car, she's just going about her day, and then, you know, you see in the rear view there, the guy, you know, coming up, you see the shadow there. And then he just, bam, right through the car seat. Wow, nice, <laughs> nice. And then, you know, uh, and that, you know, it's like, oh man, uh, that was really, <laughs> really something. Pretty and cool. then the other one that pops into my head, that's more so shock value than anything because it's very simple. Very, you know, it's a gunshot to the head. And uh, uh, it's uh, the house of the devil. Um, and... At first when i first started watching it it was i was kind of confused as to what kind of film this was because when i first read the title i was like well is this a cult film what is you know and you know almost halfway through the film i think it's the girl um the girl's the one who's babysitting or something like that her friend is coming over and she's in her car and then someone randomly knocks on the on the window and i'm like who the hell is this and then she rolls down the window and boom right in the head and i'm like what where did that come from i mean where am i and i was immediately hooked after that but um off the top of my head those are the two i mean even though they're very simple prosthetic wise i mean not prosthetic but practical effects wise you know but they're still there there were that moment where it's like i didn't, didn't see that coming uh, because that's what really gets me. As far as you know, I, I love a good practical effects kill. But you know, when it comes to gore, I mean, gore is gore. I mean, I mean, you, you see someone because we could talk about you know when um, uh, I don't remember which Friday the Thirteenth it was, but when the guy gets you know he's on he's doing the hand sand, and he gets
4: oh right in the balls. I think yeah,
2: he was, he pretty much gets chopped in half there.
4: Part three or part four. Yeah, so I do? mean, yeah, there's, there's one of the Friday. There's fancy kills <laughs> there's like
2: that where it's like oh you know perfect jason kill but you know you know he's on his handstands it's the third you know it's friday the 13th yeah. you know he's going to die he's on his hands you see jason coming up he's like well we know hey, what's it's, going it's, to happen part, but get ready part three. uh i yeah. mean <laughs> definitely part three. yeah it's, so it, but it's it's kills like um you know where someone randomly comes up and shoots the person in the head in a random film like in pulp fiction you know he turns around and It's like hey it's like what <laughs> oh,
3: oh, I'm sorry.
2: Did I break your concentration? <laughs> so it's 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 kills like that where it's the simplest what you can uh, achieve with, you know, a simple effect rather than a big, you know, where you have a giant monster penis coming through its torso and doing this, you know. You um, me right around, baby, right round. <laughs> so I would say those, off the top of my head, those two kills. Very cool. Uh, you know, probably not many people would know those uh, titles, but. You know the horror film community is a that's weird the, bunch of folks. Really yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
0: awesome, awesome. Right, Bi- Big, a, D. Got, Big D, I mean, I gotta, Big D, Big <laughs> D. Well, now you know I've always called him Big D, but now it's a different context. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. The, uh, uh, I got a few, um, a few, a few
5: of them actually for um, one particular like franchise, uh, the Leprechaun. <laughs> yeah
4: of course like it, of course I'm going to go back to it of course is it so, in the hood this time? no not, not in the hood ones it, best one in space then one of them is in space yes he
0: called it oh god uh, the
5: best... is it with the hooks? no actually oh, okay. it's it's the one where like um they're at the leprechaun's planet right mm-hmm. they destroy the leprechaun or whatever and one of the marines pisses on the leprechaun's like corpse or whatever Then he gets some kind of bacteria streaming right no. back into his face <laughs> right? it's like cut back to the ship. It's the
1: alternate version of the chest burst.
5: Exactly. <laughs> so we come back to the ship, right? Oh, he's okay. having sex with one of the, you know, crew members there. He's, he's like, hey, yeah, like that. And it's kind of hard. And he's like, oh, okay, you know, stop, that's, that's really hard. Don't don't grab him like that. And he burst out of his face. <laughs> I was like,
2: that is not the way to die. I do He, he asked for the best die. kills, not the weirdest kills. No, <laughs> no, no, no. The best, 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 best,
0: best, best. practical effects. Your favorites. Favorites. Yeah. Yeah, of Hey, okay. most effect Well, you know what? I gotta say, though. You gotta remember that. <laughs> You're gonna... You know what? That's gonna affect you for a while. You are going to remember those things.
5: <laughs> it's true though, like like when you're like in uh, foreign countries or whatever, like don't piss in like the the lakes. If you go in there, don't piss in there. The, the bacteria. bacteria. So it's they're like trying to. Well, in certain lakes, you it.
2: gotta worry about the um, the little tiny catfish there. It likes to swim up in the, the Oh yeah. yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> oh so, yeah! That, I don't remember the Latin name for it, but yeah, you know, <laughs> the oh. penis fish is what it's called. Yes. yes. Oh god. It goes yeah. up in there and then spreads its spine so it can lay its eggs. Yeah. Yep. And they have to cut it out. Yep. You're welcome, Internet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I learned so,
4: about it on Animal Planet.
2: I learned it from the film <laughs> Anaconda.
5: Is that with um, the first one with uh, the first ice, one, Ice Cube and uh,
3: J Lo? Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> I'm just trying to break <laughs> um, break the pattern here, but have you ever noticed that with Lake Placid and Anaconda, there is never no two franchises that are so alike? Mm-hmm. The first films, Los Lake Placid and Anaconda. Super strong practical effects, very little CGI, all animatronics, everything like that. Beautiful, beautiful work. Second films, you know, they go straight to sci-fi movie kind of thing, which is fantastic. I I love cheesy sci-fi movies. Like, if I was in a hotel, you know, on vacation, and it was a Saturday, I'm not doing anything else but sitting on that, just watching sci-fi because we don't have cable. <laughs> like, monster movies all day. Yes. Awesome. Uh, but then you get into the fifth and sixth one, it's all CGI. Yeah, <laughs> There's know, no know. two films alike. And then they, they actually made Anaconda versus Lake
4: Placid. Yeah. Yeah, they did. We we saw it that. I was at a bar one day with a buddy of mine and we saw that it's just like, How did we get here? Yeah. <laughs> It's saw it haunt. If
0: the leprechaun, you go to fucking space. <laughs> yeah, that's well, how you know if,
4: um, a film
2: franchise has ran out of ideas. Oh, when they go to, to space, of
4: course, of course. When Jason X, you know, a... I'm still waiting for Michael and Freddy to get up there at some yeah. point. There's still
2: a chance.
0: Eventually. The,
4: eventually
0: Robert's yeah. still alive. He can yeah. do it. The, um, uh, he wants to do one more. So, or at least he says he yeah. wants to do one more. He does. He was, I mean, on, the,
4: he was on the Goldbergs
2: in, uh, in the in Yeah, the, this the Goldbergs. That's yeah, I know, same. but yeah, it's not the same. But, but you know. Yeah, we,
0: hey, we take what we can
5: get. What was the other one?
4: The other leprechaun ones, uh, the second one,
0: they're both leprechauns. <laughs> they're both leprechauns. There's a few of
4: those leprechauns. Oh, Jesus. It's so <laughs> I've never had somebody so much of a fan of leprechauns. I, I he really the loves, loves that French series. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the, the puns.
2: Ready? You gotta, you gotta give it uh, to he, he likes
4: the short killers, like he loves Chucky. He loves the leprechauns. See, the you problem with Chucky, the, killers, the problem right? with hey, Chucky, that's it's weird. <laughs> that's weird because funny.
5: I love the
0: Leprechaun franchise because he goes to the hood, he goes to space, he goes everywhere. One, one of the best St. Patrick's days I've ever had. Um, <laughs> literally sitting, at, like my, my girlfriend and her and her friends are over there like actually having a good time and drinking and shooting darts and everything else. I'm fucking at, on the, at the bar drinking a Smittix, watching Leprechaun <laughs> in the hood. It's like, this is fucking so fascinating. I need to keep watching this. It's like eating like really bad food that's bad for yeah, you. Yeah, but see,
2: it's the, best, the worst films that are the best ones. Uh, Oh, so like a lot of the tra- like a lot of trauma films. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I have a weird I have a weird kill that comes from one of the trauma films after you guys. <laughs> All right, which movie is it from? Poultry Poltergeist.
1: Okay, I've not seen that one yet. <laughs> they,
0: uh...
2: Nice. All right. So w- what's another? So uh...
5: The second one. Um, the main character's uh, uncle eventually captures the leprechaun in like iron like safe. And he thinks it's kind of like a genie, so he's like, you know... Akanyu... That's the one in Las Vegas, right? No, that's the third one. The second one's like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Really Nobody cares about the second one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except Damn. for the scene. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, this is like, he's got an effect with, like, iron or whatever. He touches it and burns his hand or whatnot. <laughs> so he captures the leprechaun and iron safe. He's like, union mean, if you want me to release you, I get, like, three wishes or something, right? So he's like, one of which I want your pot of gold. So the leprechaun's like, all right, done. So pot of gold starts, like, developing in his, in his stomach. stomach yeah. So it oh. starts developing in his really pot belly. And he's, he's like, oh, let it out. And he's suffering. He's like, well, you got to let me out of the safe so I can get it out for you. He's like, "It's like all right, all right. But you got to make him one of your wishes. <laughs> he's like, all right, I wish you out of the safe. I've He's like, all right. He puts his hat on. He goes in there. He's like, you know, picks his <laughs> hand and rips it. So he takes his pot of gold out. I was like.
2: Oh boy. Well,
0: you did ask to have to take it out. So there is
2: that. Because one that was the third one. I think that was La- the Las Vegas one. La- no, no, that was
5: the second one. Las Vegas is uh, different kills. That was with the uh, sex bot coming out of the TV and then burning. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Weird kills. She's franchise if you haven't seen. Leprechaun I really magic, need to go through this entire you series. Yeah,
0: you do that's a it's a good guest request yeah. for another day. The
5: recent Leprechaun. Um, was a recent was it, like, one that Leprechaun time? return, uh, where he burst out of uh, Ozzy's stomach, which was disturbing because they actually created. When I was reading the uh, or watching the behind the scenes, they created like a whole uh, prosthetic piece torso, whatever. Mm-hmm for him to kind of pop out for, like, the closer shots. So I was like,
0: Mm -hmm. nice. Nice, nice.
5: And then last one is the uh, Bride of Chucky. They're, um, I think they're at, like, a honeymoon suite, Mm -hmm. right? And then um, they go and try to, like, kill uh, one of the couples they hated or whatever. They're, like, really rude. And there's, (laughs) like, a mirror on top of, like, the bed in there. The couple's having sex. And then um, Tiffany grabs, like, a wine bottle and just, like, Bam and then all this guys oh. starts falling on <laughs> nice. the water bed too. So it's oh, blood and water. That's that's pretty sweet. I was like, and that right there is like I, I will not sleep under mirrors.
4: Like if there's a bed <laughs> in a hotel and there's a mirror there, nope.
0: I'm good. I, I give me another room. I'm good. I'm good. That one really did affect you. So Zachamus.
4: Alright. So, my top kill, I'm going to go up three. My top one is from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Alright. Alright, so it's the scene where Freddy's pretty much essentially coming out of the kid. Uh-huh. Yeah. It starts yeah. where you can see Freddy's eyeball through the kid's throat. Mm-hmm. Then his nails start coming out of the kid's yeah, m- yeah. Like fingers and stuff. And then he just slashes his way out of the kid and just starts crawling out of it emerges and proceeds to kill his best friend. Yeah. Which I just thought the way they set that whole thing up was freaking amazing. Oh, yeah. the whole reason I love that series because of how creative they can get with the kills. All right. Second favorite kill is a machete. All right. He's escaping from the hospital. He guts one guy, takes his intestines, runs to the window, jumps out, oh, uses the intestines God. as a bungee. <laughs> Which one is that? that sounds... That's the first one. <laughs> the first one? Yeah. yeah on Elm Street? No, no, no. no this machete. is a machete. Oh, okay.
2: The movie yeah.
1: Machete with uh, Danny Trejo.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He grabs the intestines, jumps out the window, uses it as a bungee cable, and then slams in through a window, I think like two floors down, and then proceeds to leave. I'm like, that's the most creative kill I've ever seen!
0: D-M-A, you know what There needs evil. to be a
4: kill of the year award because he just won it.
0: And, 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 and that's that's not technically a horror movie, but because it's so awesome, I will allow it.
4: <laughs> yes, <that's
0: right. laughs> the, uh, the the level of awesomeness. With the amount that. of gore in that movie, just it, came, it, it might it, as well it be. Came
1: from a fake trailer that was attached to Planet Terror, which yeah. is a horror movie, a okay. from a horror. Movie. Yeah.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. And, and then I allow it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, we, we 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 vote to allow it.
3: <laughs> and then my third
4: favorite kill is the sleeping bag kill from Friday the Thirteenth. Ah! Ah! Part ten. Yeah. <laughs> Part seven was good, but. The Thanks to the MPAA. Let it go, Zach. It's over. Let it go. Mm. They nerfed the shit out of Let me. Let it go, Zach. It's over. <laughs> you don't know that. They can't hurt But you. in part 10, he just bags up the two naked chicks and just starts beating <laughs> the <laughs> shit <out laughs> each other and then just proceeds. They just, Bam! They, I laughed really hard. He does that in the new
2: one, too, or, or the newest one with uh, Jared Padalecki. Yeah. Um, 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 he hangs yeah, yeah.
4: right above the fireplace and just burns her. That one was just brutal. I yeah, love that one. Yeah. I'm just like... <laughs> Damn! The
2: sleeping Bag
0: One and Jason X is hilarious. Yeah. It still makes me laugh. The um, uh, the but go ahead, B
3: man. All
1: right, so I'm gonna power through three right here too. So it's hard to think of favorites because there are so many. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, and especially since we just recently did our favorite non-slasher horror movie kills. I, I podcast. think I figured this
0: would be a um, to incorporate practical yeah, effects.
1: Yeah, so it's uh, I didn't. The, Yeah, so a lot of mine has a lot of overlap there, so I wanted to go with ones that I haven't talked about yet. So these aren't necessarily my three favorites, but they're three three that I really like that we haven't talked about yet. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really like Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight um, with William Sadler and uh, Billy Zane. Billy Zane essentially plays this demon that's trying to get a key, and it takes place at this... um, uh, boarding house uh, motel type place and no and William Sadler is trying to convince people that Billy Zane's a mega and everything mm-hmm. sheriffs are gonna arrest William Sadler but then Billy Zane just punches right through the sheriff's head says fist it comes clear and clean out the other side and when he takes his hand back, the head comes with it, still on his nice. nice. uh, It was just one of those over-the-top, just pow right through his head.
0: Pow right in the, right in the kisser.
1: Um, <laughs> another one I really like is the opening kill for the movie cube from 1997 okay um i don't know if any of you guys have seen that yep. one yet yeah so it's pretty much cube is these people are trapped in a giant cube that's made up of other smaller cubes each room is his own cube and they move around and they're trying to get out but some of the rooms have deadly traps in them mm. and so the opening scene is this one guy wakes up has no idea where he is he like takes us a couple steps and you just hear this swoosh, and then he just Falls into the oh, most y- yeah, little yeah, pieces. Yeah. yeah, and what it was was this metal grid that just went right through him, um, cutting him into tiny pieces. Um, honorable mention to the opening cu- to the opening kill of the third movie, Cube Zero, which is a similar <laughs> setup, but the guy essentially gets melted into soup. Um, no, that's that,
2: cool. I, I will I will say though that that was a mixture of uh, uh, CGI as well, just because you know. Okay. Yeah. The the it was... the, the, the mixture of. You know, having to stand up a silicone body and have a blade go through it cleanly would take way too long to have to reset up multiple times. Because the multiple times, you have to make sure that's so sturdy on the base to where that thing can go through uh, and uh, the body wouldn't go with it. Yeah. Because you'd need that, the the blade to be heavy enough. To where it that mo- the force of momentum alone would cut That's through the thing, it. You like, don't but actually
1: see the grid go through yeah. the
2: guy. You just hear the sound effects.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, I do need to see the movie again because I was like, as I was thinking about it, I was thinking, was it CG or not? Because it was low budget, mm-hmm. 1997. Yeah. So is that? And I haven't seen it in a while. So it was like, what was,
4: year did the first Resident um, Evil movie come out? Because they, they did something. It. It yeah. Yeah, yeah, they did the same thing except with lasers. And then that was different. But see,
2: that was you know. Even though I'm not, yet, shout out the appreciation for having the the reflection in the in the metal. There, when when they you know, or through the window there, yeah. when when it falls apart. Yeah. But that yeah. was that that was that wasn't uh, practical. I don't oh, think no, because no, no. Uh, <laughs> no, no, there's no. You can you
4: can tell if you look closely, you can see the CGL I think movie. it was early
0: 2000s. I think that was like 03. Yeah,
4: it 70s. it was definitely way. It was before 2004. I yeah. know that much. Yeah, I, yeah,
0: yeah, but
3: yeah, definitely. Like really 2003
4: cool. would be the latest. I would say that movie came out. Right,
1: right. and then um, my last one was actually from a TV show that's very recent. Um, I kind of mentioned it briefly, but not in too much detail, and that was the season finale of the new Creep Show series on Shudder. Um, basically, there's this doctor who creates a new type of weight loss program. Oh, yeah, it's basically these one. rare slug type creatures that basically suck out your fat, but what he doesn't know is that they're laying eggs in people, and then during the solar eclipse, it's. All the offspring just comes poor, like, they're just, it's escaping from, like, their eyes, they're throwing up. Nice. Uh, so just the kind of grossness yeah. there I
0: and really like. Was, the, did you like the, the last ending with the, uh, the vending machine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that was, that was, that was the best. I was just like, but why, though? Yeah, oh, but, it, but, cause it was, cause why not? That's why. The, um, uh, I, I think... Uh, one that I really love that's that's that is practical, but it, it's a little bit of editing with it is uh, Quinn's death and Jaws, um, yeah. which I really appreciate. Uh, there's a lot of good practical uh, in there. Oh um, yeah, and Jaws, that's all. Yeah, that's all practical. There. There's yeah. no CGI yeah. in exactly. Jaws. There's, 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 yeah, you can uh, hear that crunch when he calls yep. up. You hear yeah.
2: that that yeah.
0: crunch.
4: Yeah. And crunch and it's you just like
0: oh, you, they're like, ow. Oh. Oh. <laughs> the um, it's uh, like Bruce, why? Yeah, yo, <laughs> the because uh, that's what he does. Um, uh, and then I, most of the thing. Um, uh, um, and then also too the the one that affected me and and Brandon's going to kick himself uh, uh, for not remembering this one is uh, the blob in the 80s (laughs) very specifically the scene with the kid um, Mark,
1: we discussed those kills I, on our non-slasher on, horror. I, you games, know what though? I, guess I,
0: such I, 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 I do not, I do not care. I thought of it. It was. Just, yeah, I've it, talked
1: about it so many times. No, I want to talk about I, it
0: again. No, I hear you. Um, it, it's, but it's one of those that that truly, truly affected me because I saw it as a kid. That mm-hmm. uh, was one of the first times I ever saw anything of of practical effects. Period. Um, and what a hell of a way to get introduced <laughs> to practical effects. Um, Than that one, um, uh, and that still affects me. And yes, we've talked about it a lot, um, uh, but I think it's worth mentioning because it, it is so powerful. And that was the first time I ever I ever saw um, a kid die and die badly, um, very very badly. Um, and it's one of my one of my all time favorites for practical. Um, but I do want to hear you get a a, a final bonus round. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> well, round. first before I mention any of the trauma stuff, I did remember the one from. No One Lives with Luke Evans, if anyone has ever seen it. No. Uh, after he kills the guy who is holding... It's pretty much about a guy who, uh, you know, is a serial killer, but the people who kidnap what they think is his girlfriend or wife or anything like that, they don't know he's a serial killer. So they are all these bunch of people who think they're badass, you know, criminals, and then they're, you know, they're going to go kill this guy. It's like, hey, we're just guy, you know... And they got him tied up and everything, and they think they took care of the problem. But then they go back to you know pick up the uh, their friends who were supposed to kill him and get rid of the body, and he's not there. And you know the big guy, this big like three hundred pound guy who was supposed to take care of it is just dead on the floor. And they're like you know freaking out and everything. They bring the body back, uh, you know, back to their uh, cabin in the woods there, and uh, they leave the room, and the guy who you think is gone emerges out of the body naked and he he's he carved out the insides he took out the bones and everything like that out of the body and hid himself inside this man oh, and then i'll uh, put it i'll uh, sure his clothes went back on and they carried his body back to the house and he came out jesus <laughs> so he- if you have never seen no one lives Watch that film. Oh, wow, that is fe- that, that's some <laughs> like, like that that that's Rambo shit. Yeah, and now on to the trauma ones. So in *Poultrygeist*, there, there's this you know terrible redneck who is um, you know walking around fucking a chicken and uh, a, a, right. a tur- or a turkey a turkey carcass. <laughs> and someone comes up behind them and takes a mop. And shoves it up his ass, and it goes through the chicken. (laughs) This is the stupidest movie ever, but it's amazing. The chicken falls off, and he's just lying on the floor. And on the tip of the mop is his penis just dangling. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's a trauma movie. Um, yeah, and then in the same movie, this guy who's eating this toxic chicken, because anything with a trauma, in Tromaville, there's always something that's toxic waste, and the chicken is toxic, so this big guy, one of the main producer, Mike Hertz, I think his name was, but he's, he's always the big guy in the films, and he has to go take a, a poo in the toilet there, and he's doing this, I and mean, he's a big guy, it must be like 400, 450 pounds, and he's just on his stomach because he's he's letting a load off, and he's just like, ah, and then they have a camera inside the toilet pulling up on his butt, and then a bunch of sensor bars come out of his butt, <laughs> and, then, and then he's doing this, and this is like a five minute thing, he's, ah, and then he explodes and shits everywhere.
3: <laughs>
2: and then, you know, he falls out of frame, and then this skinny guy pops up. And comes out of the bathroom and he's like, "I'm skinny! And then runs out of the bathroom covered in shit. Oh crap. <laughs> It's not exactly a kill, but it's like nice. it's a rebirth. And, and might I also add, this is a musical. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: um, well, Mark okay. has to watch it now. Oh, I know. I really do have to watch it now, and I, I, I don't. I can't think of a better place to, to wrap this <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, that, um, that, 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 I think that's that's the. Uh, that's a big finale for us. We uh, stuck the landing there. Yeah. um uh, But uh, yeah, so you can say that. And, indeed. So um, uh, we'll roll out the red carpet for you, sir. Um, uh, we'll <laughs> let you plug whatever you're working on, and wherever the uh, the lovely people watching this can find all your wonderful stuff, and uh, and you know, of course. Anybody that might, you know, out there that might want to hire you as well, how can right. they find out about that as well? Right. So.
2: Well, first off, I want to thank you guys for, you know, taking the interest in my work and, you know, my insanity of, you know, what I like to do, <laughs> you know, in my free time, which is always because this is what I do for a living. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not living yet, but, <laughs> <laughs> It'll get there. Sort but um, you know, hard work pays off. But um, I really want to thank you guys for coming out here and everything like that. Um, So again, my name is Dennis Preston. Uh, My uh, business is Preston Perspectives. Anything from gunshot wounds to full creature suits, you know, any of your practical effects, desires, uh, you know, if I haven't done it before, please, I love a challenge. You know, I'm perfectly fine with negotiating, you know, working out ways to, you know, work around the budget and everything like that. Um, you can find me on Instagram as, uh, at Preston underscore perspectives, or you can find me on Facebook there, uh, as Preston perspectives, or you can even go to my website, Prestonperspectives.com where you'll find all the information that I just fed to you. And as we were discussing earlier, my film, uh, later, it's a post-apocalyptic thriller. Uh, if you go to the Facebook page, you'll find a whole bunch of awesome behind the scenes footage. Uh, you'll find behind the scenes, uh, pictures, you know, uh, screen grabs we're about 98% of the way through trailer is hopefully supposed to be coming out soon once we're done editing, uh, there's an awesome poster you can gawk at and everything like that and uh, I just want to say thank you again guys, thank you Thank you for having
0: us thank you for having us and as always, uh, thank you uh, Nightmare-ers um, out there, it's been a while since I said that, um, uh, please like, share and subscribe um, uh, and uh, we have a, actually a tradition real quick before we really sign off are um, uh, you able to plug
2: any any final thoughts before we close up? <laughs> uh, I think. Uh, you know. I'm. I'm good. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> David.
0: Yeah, it's You're the one who makes a big deal about final thoughts. Yeah. Zach, any final thoughts? Squirrels. Of course. Brandon, any final thoughts? Really looking forward to seeing later. Uh,
2: and well, uh, appreciate your it. other one, too. <laughs> the Feels uh, um, uh, of Red, yeah, yeah, that one. Indeed.
0: Yeah. Hey, and then uh, my final thought is thank you so much um, for having us out here. Yeah, thank you course. so much for hosting us. I'm glad we are able to do the very first interview, um, uh, not in uh, our particular studio, yeah. so thank you for hosting us and being the first one. Um, as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Uh, tell your brothers, sisters, uncles, Aunts, sisters, best friends—all about our wonderful channel. Uh, we want to get that uh, subscriber uh, count up. We really appreciate it. Um, uh, stay tuned for all the amazing things that we have. Um, everybody, you can find us officially at uh, Midwest Horror on all of the Instagram. Midwest Horror Network. The Midwest Horror. Thank you, thank you. Midwest Horror Network. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and now we can find us on. Slasher. Slasher, the brand new uh, um, channel. Thank you so much as always, and uh, we'll see you all soon. Bye.